the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more of our Monster of the Week campaign. Our heroes are in trouble, so let's check in with them. Borrowing from pop culture, there are only four rules you need to remember. Make the plan, execute the plan, expect the plan to go off the rails, throw away the plan. There's no time for a plan. Who am I kidding? There is one rule. Do not ask Dr. Kabe for help. At all. Under any circumstance. <laughs> Don't do it. No. I'm Hugo Rashad. Well, you know what they say. Speak of the devil and he shall appear. Along with some chupacabras? And, uh, and a dinosaur? And also he's French, apparently? Well, who am I to judge? I'm Agent Whitaker. Hello, friends. I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that while Raven is a very smart person, unfortunately her player often forgets that she has a lot of cool abilities, like knowing when people are lying. Just offhand. So if you're ever listening to this and thinking, why isn't Raven doing that? Trust me, I'm thinking the same thing while listening later. <laughs> I'm Raven Eugenia. <laughs> I have never been so excited to see a bunch of vehicles, but vehicles always have people. So I am really excited to make a bunch of new friends with whoever's inside these brand new Jeeps. Were they Jeeps? Yeah, sure. Some Sweet. of them. Well, I'm excited to meet everyone. This is going to be great because I'm Damian Angelo Edgecrest. If only I had an ability that let me know when something bad was about to happen. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. You'll recall that you did have a bad feeling the entire time last session. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Okay. All right. I just keep messing everything up. But I think I have a solution. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. Last time... Our heroes were in Badlands National Park, South Dakota, getting to explore the snipe migration with the Springer family, Allie, Theo, and Heather. Aiden, Raven, and Felicity encountered a more dangerous monster, a large pteranodon equipped with lasers. In a desperate move to escape, Aiden was able to teleport that group away and out of immediate danger, but right into some more danger as they discovered the campsite of a bunch of what seemed to be poachers looking to hunt the snipes. While trying to figure out what to do next, our heroes realized that Allie had gone to try and save the snipes. But realizing that was a bad idea, our older, certainly more mature hunters were able to stop her. And when they attempted to get back to their own camp, Something went wrong with Aiden's magic, and rather than teleporting them to safety, she 
for some reason sent them right into the middle of danger, the poacher's camp, where they met Lenon Rouge, a devil-faced hunter-slash-wildlife collector in the service of someone who enjoys eating snipes as a special and rare treat. He captured them with the help of Van Meter's paralyzing laser and brought them into a tent for questioning. Hugo was on a hike with Heather Springer. They underwent a series of physical hiking challenges, and after scaling a rocky summit, they shared a moment of peaceful calm together, but that was quickly interrupted when Heather caught sight of Hugo's whispered tattoo. It turns out Heather has history with the whispered, but once Hugo got her to calm down and stop attacking him, a familiar hoop snake arrived to deliver a message seeking help that Allie had had her familiar Cooper seek out her aunt and deliver. Hugo and Heather need to come up with a plan to rescue everyone, because in the same time all of this is happening, God, a lot happened last time, after Whitaker and Theo shared a lovely tryst in their camper, they went looking for the missing girls and encountered Lanan Rouge's camp, but were attacked by a pair of chupacabra. Despite damaging those two monsters quite egregiously, with the arrival of the Van Meter monster, Whitaker and Thea were both also subdued and taken captive as Nan Rouge arrived threatening Whitaker's friends and Allie unless he surrendered. Also important to note, it seems that they know who you guys are. Your reputation as a thorn in his employer's side has uh, been spread around enough so that after noting a few distinct characteristic traits from all of you, Nanrouge has been connecting some dots. And not to forget him at all, Damien Edgecrest spent most of last session as a paralyzed puddle of green goop, struggling with his helplessness and coming to some introspective <laughs> conclusions about his current situation in the world. But luckily, the effects of the Van Meter paralyzing ray wore off just in time for him to see the approaching convoy as Nan Rouge leads his group of poachers to hunt the snipes in their nest. Whew. And that is where we'll pick up today. Damien, you were hiding once again as a puddle as the vehicles of Nan Rouge's entourage drive past. And in my mind, there's a very cool scene where they're just driving through a bunch of normal puddles and one of the jeeps splashes through a Damien puddle, but you <laughs> latch onto the wheel and then crawl up under the undercarriage of the vehicle. <laughs> and we just sort of follow that last truck as it moves with the rest of them and Damien's green body and red eyes are seen crawling up the exhaust pipe or into a back door of the, the car. In order to get sort of our timelines synced up a bit, I will clarify that it is the late afternoon at this point as Nan Rouge and his group start going after the snipes in earnest. The hunters who have been captured by that team of villains have been placed in a jeep with armed guards uh, standing watch around you all. Because I don't know that you guys have moves you want to make immediately. 
I will just describe that Nenruj and his team were not lying when they say that they are very good and very experienced at hunting the snipes every year. As the Van Meter Pteranodon soars over and just starts laying down basically cover fire of its paralyzing beam, the other vehicles begin to spread out in a fan and the other hunters are shooting nets at the snipes once they get paralyzed and can't use their super speed to run away anymore. And they basically do these sweeping maneuvers, catch a few, bag them, put them in cages, and then come back and repeat the process. Almost like a school of fish or a flock of birds where if a few are picked off from the edge, the arrest congregate again in a different spot. And Nan Rouge just keeps following them to pick up as many as he can with each pass. He probably has you riding with him, Whitaker, and just has some people like on you at the whole time. And using it as sort of a, a power move slash gloat maneuver, he like will sometimes stand up in the Jeep, shout at his driver or something, and then like pull out a knit gun and fire at one of the snipes that has been downed by his massive monster. He's loving this. He's he's completely in control. He's, you know, this is his job and he's good at it. He'll like aim the shot up wait for Van Meter to fly over and then like fire at the same time and try and time it such that the net hits it right as it gets hit with the beam. He says, I would let you have a turn, but I don't trust you for shit. <laughs> Just keeps firing nets at the snipes. Yeah, it takes a lot of talent to hit a paralyzed bird. He says, you think it has taken me an overnight sort of weekend thing to develop this whole technique? No, this is years. This is years of strategy and learning about my prey. I have perfected the art of the snipe hunt. And this goes on for basically the afternoon. As the sun begins to set, Van Meter is less and less able to reliably hit the snipes because in the dark they are much more evasive. And so Nanruj eventually gives a call out on his radio. Okay, so that was a good day of work, everyone. Let's circle up and make camp again. We'll come at it again fresh in the morning. Good job. And sits back down, looks over at you, grinning, and he says, What do you think for dinner? We'll have, uh, you know, like a, like a cookout, huh? You like that? We have hot dogs, we have uh, some bratwurst, that sort of thing. You're being awfully polite about the whole situation. Well, I'd like to extend the courtesy to people who might be headed toward their doom. It's very presumptuous of you, but fair enough. The convoy heads back to where Nan Rouge had set up the tents for his base camp and where the chupacabras were taken after they were wounded in your battle, Whitaker. Question. In terms of the layout, are Aiden, Felicity, Raven, are they also on like these jeeps as we're going around, or have they been stored up somewhere else. They were driven forward in order to be used as a bargaining chip when you were fighting the Chupacabras and to get you to stand down. So yeah, I think they're just in another Jeep sort of crammed into the backseat of one with a couple of people watching them. And probably it didn't engage so much in the hunting. It was just like, you're coming with us because we have the whole team coming out to do the, the hunt. All right. Whitaker's been trying to make eye contact with Aiden for, like, the past however long mm. they've been in range of each other. With, like, just the question of, are you okay? What's going on? Can't you get him out? 
Yeah, I don't think you have gotten a lot of moments like that uh, sure, since sure. you're in the main car with Nan Rouge. Well, we can jump to that group and just see what they're discussing uh, as they are driving back. You guys have seen really a sad and heartbreaking afternoon of activity as these punters have gone around and just picked off snipes with this very efficient method of like disabling their movement and then scooping them up. Allie has put on a brave face, but she's clearly very upset by watching all this happen. Does Felicity still have like, do we have movement again? I forget. You can move and you can talk, but you have been like tied up, Mm -hmm. right? Your hands and feet are bound. While Allie has a brave face, Felicity is crying. Oh, oh, honey. (laughs) She doesn't do well at hiding it. (laughs) Yeah. So Felicity is just every time they shoot down a snipe. Why are you doing this? I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, there can't be money or anything that could possibly make this okay. One of them just looks to their, like, buddy in the front seat and says, 30000 a head's a lot of money. That doesn't matter! And the other guy's like, it sure is. I fucking love snipe hunts. It doesn't <laughs> matter! These are spirits! They can't- you, you, you have to respect them! They, they are not, like, engaging you in this debate. They say that one comment offhandedly to sort of, I guess, tell you why they think it's fine, but also just to kind of gloat. Yes, we're doing this, and we're getting rich by doing it. Would you kill an endangered species for that much? Yeah. You guys are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and they just point a gun in the backseat, and they say, keep talking. You'll see how much of a dick I can be. Untie me and let's have a fair fight. Raven is trying to like shush Felicity. Yeah. (laughs) She's not going to let Felicity get shot in the fucking face right next to her. I know they're like tied up, but she's going to try and like bump her with her shoulder and be like, Felicity, just stop. It's, it's okay. Just, it's just stop. Okay. I'm here to fight if you guys want to. Felicity, they have guns and we're literally tied up. Just, just let this one go right now. Okay. They're killing snipes, Raven. They're paralyzing them and tying them up. That's an important distinction. None of the snipes are technically dead yet. I feel like they will be. They're for sure. We're aware that they will be killed. Yeah. The plan is to kill them and have them be like frozen and turned into cutlets. Yes. So they are killing snipes. But they're they're not killing them in front of us. They are capturing them in front of us with the intention of killing them later. That's what Felicity is thinking of. Yes. All these snipes are going to be dead at some point. But Raven is thinking this is not worth getting shot in the face for. (laughs) That's a fair thing to think. If the guys go back to their shooting and stop paying attention to us, I, I think Raven leans like really, really close to Felicity to make sure that they can't hear like real close to your ear. You're, I mean, you're driving. It's it's loud. There, you can have some like whispered conversations. Yeah, and she kind of wants to make sure that Allie can't hear either. But she's just gonna be like, "I agree with you, and I am on your side, and I know that you could kick their asses. But right now, I can. I'll do it. I know you can. But right now, we're tied up in the back of a jeep, and they have guns, and we need to play it cool until we can get untied, and then we can kick their asses. Okay? You need to stay alive right now. It's gotta be before they hurt the snipes. It can be, but it's not going to be right now while we're tied up in the back of a truck. Let's just let them think they have us. 
and let them think that we're useless little kids with no powers and then we can strike. But nothing's going to happen right now. You're just going to make them angry. Okay. We got this. And while they keep driving, Felicity is going to, not knowing quite how, and it probably will fail even though if I roll it succeeds, try to untie herself with magic. Okay. I guess roll magic then. She's going to try to do this and she doesn't know how it's going to work, but it's her one option right now. Yeah. So we're going to attempt it. It makes sense. That's a nine. That's a mixed success. So you have to pick a glitch that this is going to cause. <sighs> Fuck, I don't get many mix. <laughs> Let me pull up the sheet. <laughs> Drawing unwanted attention is one of them. It is one of them. <laughs> and I feel like that's what it would do. It draws immediate unwanted attention. They're watching me now. It's gotta. Okay. Felicity's gonna leave this G with a fucking black eye, I swear. I know. I Well, like, <laughs> what else so was I nervous. supposed to They're literally watching me. So this is what happens, Felicity. You are fiddling around. You call on your magic to sever the bonds that are holding your hands. And that part goes fine. There's a little, like, and snap. And the ropes around your arms just kind of not disintegrate, but like burst into their tiny fibers and fall away. But the snap catches the attention of the one driving and they immediately stop the car, get out. The other guy gets out as well and they pull open the like side door. I need you and Brittany to decide right now. What was the seating arrangement in the back seat? I was sitting window side. I was picturing that Allie was either between Raven and Felicity or between Raven and Aiden. Allie would be more on the inside. I feel like it would be Felicity, Raven, Allie, Aiden. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so this is what happens, Felicity. The one in the passenger seat in the front comes mm -hmm. out, opens the door, and like immediately pulls you out of the car. They have their gun not on you, but in the car at Raven. Raven's in front of Allie, scooted up in the seat and like blocking her. Yeah, the driver goes around to the other side, pulls Aiden out of the car, and then walks her around to the front of the car and kneels her down and then says, I told you not to fuck around. This is on you. And he just starts punching her over and over. Magic, I'm freezing him. Do you really want to push this, Felicity? God, no, but like... This is, listen, as a GM, I will clarify, this is Aiden. You know she is tough, but this guy is laying into her as punishment for you fucking around with your hands coming undone. Mm -hmm. She's not saying anything. She's just taking the hits. Raven's gonna not lean out of the car, but like lean so she can see Felicity and she's gonna look and say, don't. Raven's fully like in front of her trying to just completely shield her with her body, just looking Felicity dead in the eye. Do not do anything. This is when Allie starts crying. He picks Aiden up again and just punches her one more time and lets her like drop to the ground. And then he shakes his fist out and says, 
put her back in. While all that was happening, Felicity was just looking at Aiden, and she's just crying. Oh, Raven's crying too, for sure. She's just like, I- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I I didn't mean it, Aiden. Please be okay, I'm sorry. She doesn't say anything throughout this whole thing. She just like, sometimes will like, look up at you through the bangs and just mouth, it's okay, don't. I'm sorry. Eventually, they pick her up, put her back in the seat that she was in. <laughs> And they strive to catch up with the... They retied me, I'm assuming. I think this time it's just like a zip tie. (laughs) Well, I tried, guys. (laughs) (laughs) That could have been so bad. That could have gotten real bad. Yeah. That would have been so bad. Uh, As soon as the car is running again, I imagine they're keeping a pretty close eye on us now, but Raven's just going to lean over to each of them and kind of like bump her forehead to theirs. Just like to Felicity, like, it's we're going to be fine. And then like over to Aiden and then kind of lean down to Allie, like, it's going to be okay. Yeah, she's just hugging you in a way that she can, the way you're seated right now. Mm-hmm. Did Whitaker see that happen? No, because again, the car stopped. All the other cars kept chasing the snipes. Okay. This happened and then they booked it to keep up with the rest of uh, the group. Damien, let's just check in with you real quick, because that could be fun to see what sort of chaos wrench you're going to throw in my setup. You see this group of people drive past, you hitch a ride on one of the cars, and then you see them chasing after the snipes. You see the big pteranodon using its laser to paralyze them, so you put together, oh, that's what got me. But yeah, were you hiding out at the moment, I think is a good question. (laughs) Damien is still in the observing stages, and... He doesn't have a problem with poaching and he hasn't seen any of the other people. So right now he's <laughs> he's just living the dream right now, <laughs> cruising around, admiring the shots as people are hunting snipes. And then, you know, after sort of getting a little bit of the lay of the land, he would uh, crawl up to see what the people are like. Who, who are the people in his van? Probably some well-armored, well-geared young lads. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think definitely as you're like creeping along the side of the car, now starting to look at who's driving and stuff, you can. Do you have a D20? Like handy? I mean, uh, dice parser. I guess parser. it was dice parser. Yeah, roll, roll on dice parser. Roll a D20 on a 15 and above. You're on the car that Whitaker's in with Nan Rouge and anything else. You can at least like see him out amongst the other cars being driven around. A 13. So you're not on the car with Whitaker or the girls, but you are you're on one of the vehicles. And as they're driving past each other and Nan Rouge is shouting orders at different people and directing, you can see Whitaker sitting in the front seat. So Damien is smart enough to piece together that while he doesn't have a problem with these guys hunting snipes, it looks like a great time. He'd like to test out his hand. He recognizes that. Uh, Whitaker does not feel the same way and his agency wouldn't feel the same way. So he's able to piece it together like, oh, oh, these are the bad. Oh, these uh, mm, these are the bad guys. So then Damien will head up to the hood of the car and do minor sabotage to the insides such that 
this vehicle won't be slowed down and all the hubbub still able to hunt and drive around. He doesn't want to leave clues, but he wants to make sure that once it's parked, it doesn't start up again or like a small leak so that it runs out of gas overnight. Yeah, I like the idea of you like you pull the oil cap off, right? So it starts to leak oil. So the engine will run, but it's going to burn itself up throughout like this hard day of driving around and stuff. Very cool. So uh, do you do that to a bunch of cars or just the one you're on? After doing it to the car he's on and realizing, oh man, they're still going? Okay, so then if, you know, it's driving in front of another car, so then he would just gloop through, land on the ground, and then gloop up onto the next one. Okay. Act under pressure, and based on, like, how well you succeed, I'll just let you know how many of the vehicles you managed to sabotage in this way. Four and five, and what kind of roll was it? Act under pressure. Uh, Then it is a nine. Nine. Okay. You do manage to, because the nine is almost a success. You get most of these cars, like you said, slightly messed up so that they will have problems once they come back to them after leaving them overnight. And I'll say you even get over to like the car that Whitaker is on but you like don't stick around to make contact or anything. You're on a mission to do this damage and keep going. The last car that you <laughs> loop and attach to, you go to do the one minor thing. And this is like the shitty car in the armada of vehicles they have. And so the little thing that you do actually causes it to fully break down. So when the rest of the group of Nan Rouge's cohort turn around and go back to their campsite, this car is like left and the two guys driving it have to like stop and like open the hood and are like working on the car. And so you get left behind. And so that's the price you pay for having achieved your goal. But you're not going to be like with Whitaker and the others. In fact, roll just a straight sharp check for me to see if you actually do notice that uh, a lot more of your friends are with this group. Uh, six is a failure. So you don't know. You think it's just Whitaker. <laughs> So yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll t- at Damien being like, all right, time to go back to camp because you hear Nan Rouge like, let's pack it up. Let's go. And then suddenly your car is stopped. <laughs> Not going anywhere. <laughs> Hugo. Yep. You are on top of that, that rocky overlook. Uh, that you climbed with Heather. Cooper the hoop snake is coiled up in between you and her, having delivered the note that Allie sent off. And Heather now looks panicked because her niece has been captured, apparently. And uh, the last thing I think you said was, we got to go. So what's your what's your plan? It's at this moment he realizes we got to go, but we don't exactly know where we have to go. And we are easily a good eight hours of hiking, if not more, away from everyone. Yeah. At least from the campsite. At this point, it's maybe because we said the snipe hunt happens in the late afternoon and you basically hiked for the morning to get to this spot. So, yeah, maybe not eight hours, but like four or five. Okay. You wouldn't happen to have any simple way of tracking your niece, would you? Like you didn't drop a little if found return to tag on her or anything. Heather will 
take a moment, center herself, and she says, yeah, I can, I can find her. Give me a second. And in her hand, she conjures one of those red dagger constructs and begins scraping runes into the dirt around her. And she's going to use magic to observe another place or time. That is a seven, plus her weird, which is at least a two, I would think, if she's a whispered member. What's your weird score, Hugo? Mine is currently three. Uh, so yeah, Heather gets a nine. That's a mix. Her glitch will be... Can I help out? Do you want to? Something like this, probably. If she lets me get close enough. Okay. Yes, you can then. I think you definitely, once she starts like making the marks, you realize, oh yeah, right, tracking spell. Basic whispered beginner stuff. They taught us this. I always failed this, but they taught us this. <laughs> yeah, her her answer basically is not, oh, I have a special way of keeping track of her, but like, yes, there is a way to track a person that you know. So you, having seen this ruin a couple times, know the basics and are able to sketch in some of them. How's your help out role going to work? Got a nine. Okay. For you, does that act like a success or? So it would give her the plus two. However, expose yourself to trouble or danger. <laughs> okay. That, that's fitting. Yeah, it is. Heather is going and making the markings and you think, Oh, right. Tracking spell. I was never any good at those. And you see that as she's making her runes, one of the ones that she does very quickly is a little off because she's in a rush and she's panicking. And you think, oh, I definitely know what that one looks like. And that one's wrong. That's like the one symbol I always got right. And so she goes to do the spell. You come over and correct the rune. She's focused on the spell, so she doesn't see this right away. But the circle she makes on the ground shimmers glassy smooth for a moment and there is a view of Allie sitting in the back of the car and for the most emotional impact we will say it is her crying as Aiden's getting the shit beat out of her outside the jeep. In terms of like a tracking spell the circle then closes and a moat of light speeds off along the ground leaving an after image in your vision, almost like if you were to see car headlights like whiz by and they leave the after trails. And this after trail magically stays, showing you a path to the person you were trying to track with the spell. The way you're exposed to trouble or danger, Hugo, is that she then looks up and notices you're like right there on her, adjusting the rune to help it work. And she completely turns on you, puts you in another arm lock and has the knife like back at you again. What the hell are you doing? Ow, 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 ow. <sighs> Fixing your runes a little bit. She glances down, sees that you like had adjusted the rune she carved sloppily, and she just like pushes you away. <sighs> ow. Tell me next time or something. Jeez. The last thing you need when you're concentrating is to hear my voice, trust me. All right. Well, we can find her now, but we're going to need a plan. Shit, shit, this is so bad. Where the hell is Theo? What was he doing? <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him after I save her. We gotta go. Priorities. <laughs> and just gonna start taking off. Okay. I will have you act under pressure, Hugo, because I don't think there's a situation where you could be any more under pressure than to get back quickly. 
If you would like to creatively solve the problem of crossing a large distance, I'm open to suggestions, but that's entirely up to you. I'm thinking, while there's some creative things that could be done, given the alignment of timetables and stuff, mm. probably just going to try to trek as regularly as possible. Well, we could say that, like, if you do anything creative, it sort of drops that eight hours down to the five that I was talking about. In that case, we're going to do something. We're going to use magic to do one thing that is beyond human limitations. What's the flavor? You know what? Because I feel inspired by animation right now, we're going to Frozone this. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> okay. At least we're going to try to. Yeah, roll these magic. <laughs> Yet I got a nine. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. So there will be a glitch, but you can create an ice sled to <laughs> get you and Heather a little of the way quicker. Probably what you could do is use it for all the instances where I made you do like a physicality check and just make a ramp or a slide or something. So there's none of the awkward climbing or crossing the creek or any of that stuff that will slow you down. Sounds good to me. I guess as a glitch. Dealer's choice between taking one harm, ignore armor, or it has a problematic side effect. Hmm. You're about to do a lot in this session, uh, Hugo, so I don't want to give you harm right now. <laughs> Would he heal back up in the time frame before getting there due to his resilience? What's the specific phrasing of resilience? Isn't that when he gets healed, he gets healed for more? So it's when he gets healed, he gets healed for more, but also you heal faster than normal people. Anytime your harm gets healed, heal an extra point. Additionally, your wounds count as one harm less for the purpose of keeper harm moves. Oh, I forgot that it gives you like a minor healing factor. Uh, yeah. So we will work it in, right? This is a new kind of magic for you because before lightning was always your thing. Electricity magic, things for stunning and stuff. And the ice has become this new tool that you've pretty much used for barriers and constructing these shapes and uh, structures out of it. And now you're gonna do that again in a very tense situation. It's hot out. So the temperature shock of it being a hot summer day, but then you whoosh, shooting ice magic out of your hands as your tattoo activates to create these things, it definitely puts a strain on you. And we will say that the glitch is that you take one harm from this ice magic in the form of like cold burns uh, on your hands and that the portion of your tattoo that was beginning to just generate the beginnings of the snowflake pattern. By the time you have surmounted all the challenges of returning to your base camp, that section of tattoo has definitely grown to become a full-fledged portion now. If I'm not mistaken, that gets Hugo to the shoulder, right? Yep. Full sleeve. We're up there. Cool. Heather definitely takes note of this, that you are progressing your tattoo rapidly in order to get her and you back and to remind you of her situation her tattoo is very far progressed both arms down both legs up the neck for whatever reasons she's had to use it her magic has uh, made its way basically around her whole body at this point you make it back to i will say your base camp and for ease of storytelling we will say that Nan Rouge didn't have a reason to like go looking for the trailer that you guys had. 
he doesn't plan on returning you to it anyway. So your camp has been left untouched. And when you make your way back, you can see the tail lights as the sun begins to lower in the sky of that entourage of people uh, heading away from the Snipe Valley where they were making their nests. Do we see any signs of Whitaker's joyride? Of uh, the like fight with the chupacabras? Yeah, and the, the car. Yeah, the smashed truck. The smashed truck. That was closer to Nan Rouge's camp, so you will encounter okay. that if you pursue the vehicles. Eventually. Yeah. It's not near the site where there is still Heather and Theo's vehicle, their camper, and the Whitaker trailer. Okay. Read a bad situation. Eight. Eight. That's one question you get to ask. What's the best way to protect the victims? You see, as most of them are driving away, there is one of these like black all-terrain vehicles that's just been seemingly left behind, and you see two people getting out and opening the hood. Heather, you see, you see that? Yeah, they look like they're having engine trouble or something. Gambit or just, or just knock them out cold? If we can take their stuff, we could sneak into the camp. Have you ever heard of something called Get Help? <laughs> <laughs> She frowns at you, and we immediately cut to the beginning of a get help situation. <laughs> yeah, uh, you see Heather with you slung over her shoulder, approaching these two poachers as they like futz with a battery tester or whatever to try and see what's wrong with their car. And hey, I'm so glad we found somebody. Hey, my boyfriend just passed out. Can you, um, uh... Do you have food or water? We've been out in the sun all day. I think he's got heat stroke. And these two poachers just like slam the front of the car. And they're like, what the hell? What? Where did you come from? And then I'm assuming once we're in range enough. There is like a pause and you might whisper something of like, come on, do the thing, do the plan. <laughs> and uh, she just says, I'm not sorry about this. <sighs> and her tattoo glows red and she chucks you at both of them having activated some sort of super strength ability that she can tap into briefly. And you go flying into the two poachers, knocking them down. She quickly runs over red blade construct and just two stabs I said, I in the throat. I unconscious. What are you doing? What the? <laughs> okay. What? We're going in hot then. Got it. And Hugo looks slightly panicked, but. <laughs> I mean, they've got Allie. Not to butt in, but, like, she saw Allie tied up in a car and Aiden getting the shit beaten out of her. Like, I don't blame her. Yeah, she fully commits just execution-style two blades to the throat <laughs> on this poacher. <gasps> Should we start up a kill counter for this one, or is this going to be... If you wanna. Yeah, she will turn to you as you're, like, staring wide-eyed, having, like, knocked out the other dude. And she just says, they've got my family, Hugo. The, the camera pans behind the jeep mm -hmm. and we see hugo just quickly stomp down and that pans back and everything seems fine damien this this was my jeep you can definitely hear this happen <laughs> uh yeah damien would peek around the corner and see hugo and heather and know not to stir the pot too much so he transforms back into his green sweatshirt initial meeting Damien Edgecrest and then uh, 
sort of jumps out of the back loudly. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what happened to those guys? Oh, Hugo, it's so good to see you. What a coincidence. <laughs> Damien, what the hell? These are a bunch of uh, poachers of the Snipes, and they have Agent Whitaker. So I was slowly sabotaging vehicles, and I guess I got a little bit overzealous. But now it looks like we have a couple of uh, fresh uniforms to use. So um, if you don't mind, I'm going to change and do this whole thing undercover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little little blood on this one, but that's that's fine. I can get that off. Nice style, by the way. That was that was fast. I barely heard the hood close. Heather confronts you, Damien, and she says, how did this happen? They just showed up. Oh, I was late to the party. They have a pterodactyl that will completely knock you unconscious. So I'm going to put on one of these uniforms so it doesn't get me again. What the fuck? Yeah, it ruined my afternoon. And these guys captured me. So you rescued me. And I really appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, clever. Roll to manipulate someone. Good thing I'm charming. Uh, That's an eight. You have to convince them with something. You can see I was able to break out of the ropes they got on my wrists. You can see how my wrists are a little sore. I was able to cut it open on a knife back there. I wonder if it's they're probably using the same stuff on the rest of them. So they've got everybody else. It's just the three of us. I only saw Whitaker. I don't know the situation for anyone else, unfortunately. We should get supplies back at the trailers. Agreed. I need to return with this Jeep before they think that anything is too wrong. Hugo. Yep. These are two options, and I think you're the deciding vote here. Do you go resupply, or do you risk just coming at this with what you've got and going as a group in the Jeep, which you will have to fix? Hey, Damien, how good are you at fixing cars? I mean, there were two people here, so do we want to have two people in uniform on the return trip? There's also the fact that Heather's car is back at the camp. You could abandon this vehicle entirely and take that instead. Or go on foot. In my opinion, we grab these uniforms, we them back to camp, we clean off the blood a little bit, suit up as needed, make whatever preparations we need to do, and then see if we'll be able to sleep soundly tonight. Because... After what I think we're going to have to deal with, let's just say we won't be able to rest easy. I'm going to rest really easy if we manage to save everybody. Yes, I will also sleep pretty easily after any (laughs) saving we have to do today. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so our three rescue mission members take the uniforms, head back to Springer campsite to resupply and come up with a strategy. If you guys want to... In chat, discuss means of approach or anything like that. Feel free. We are going to cut back over to Whitaker and the rest of our hunters as Nan Rouge's group pulls back into their base camp. They take you back to that side tent or to a side tent to keep you under guard, but to get you out of the way as they start to unload their catch up snipes into the various shipping container cages that they have uh, brought here for this express purpose. I think we can have a scene where Theo and Whitaker are also brought into the same tent as you all. 
So Whitaker, when Nan Rouge gets into camp, he hops out of the truck, gives a couple orders to the driver and the other people who had their eyes on you. And he says, Take them to the dining tent. We'll be having dinner with our guests soon. I want to go take a look at the catch. And you are brought to a large tent where everyone else has been brought and sort of sat around these like folding table things with like a tablecloth over them, right? It's a very simple catering tent almost with like the walls set up around it and the two large center poles. Did they um, sit us all at the same table? Are we all together? Mm-hmm. It's sort of two long picnic tables that have been pushed together. Raven has stopped crying once they got back to camp and has tried to like use her shoulder to like wipe her face and put on a put on a brave face as they walk back through camp. Mm-hmm. I think she definitely gets a little emotional when she sees Whitaker, but she's trying real hard to keep it together now. Yeah, Whitaker, you get, you know, you see your group of friends sitting at this table now, all of them clearly having gone through a very distressing experience. Aiden, despite having like been roughed up a bunch, just has like some blood on like one lip. The guy probably at one point who was driving back is like, the hell is that girl made of? Like, <laughs> you know, like shaking his knuckles because like his hand hurts more than she does right now. But are you all okay? Are you hurt, Aiden? I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Okay? No. Hurt? Also no. All right. Aiden got a little roughed up by one of them, but he seems to be uh, nursing his fist that he hit her with. So we're, we're all in one piece. How are how, When did you get here? Uncle Theo! Hey. And they have their hug reunion as well. Hold on, Theo. Get get over here. Last I checked, Theo, Theo had uh, smashed his face against the steering wheel of the truck. Mm-hmm. Whitaker is making sure his nose isn't broken. It is not, though. He does have like a bump uh, on the crest of his like forehead. All right, good. Because if it heals wrong, you're gonna remember it forever. I don't think I'm liable to forget this anytime soon. I'm very sorry. This guy knows you? Um, not personally. He's definitely heard of us. Yeah. We were over with the Snipes and this giant dinosaur showed up. Aiden tried to get us out and we ended up near this camp and we tried to get out again and we ended up in the camp and they rounded us up and tied us up and then took us out in the the Jeeps. That's my fault. I don't know what's wrong with my magic lately. It's not your fault. It's you tried to teleport us twice within a couple of minutes. We can't expect it to be perfect. We're all okay. We're all here. Well, where's... We haven't seen Damien in, like, a day or two. Damien's been gone doing whatever the fuck Damien does. Hugo is at least far away, or at least not immediately aware of the situation. Do we know that Allie sent Cooper out with a note? Did we see her do that? I think not. I think she'll take this opportunity to check to make sure the people outside aren't listening. And she like has a finger up to her lips and she whispers to your group. I sent Cooper to get Aunt Heather. How fast is he? Do you think? Do you think he's made it? How how fast? No, she should not be coming here at all. She needs to know that we're in danger, at least. Okay. She shouldn't come here, but she should know. My aunt is a badass. Allie, language. I mean, everyone, everyone thinks their aunt is a badass. Is it, I mean, if we got Hugo over here, we might have a bit of a plan. They'll come and help us out. Stay together. If they can do something, at least they know. 
but they were pretty far out. It could be a while before they get the note and are able to get back. We, we have no idea how long that'll take. I know my sister, she'll wait till it's dark. Are you, are you serious? She's going to be coming here? Yeah, no, uh, we haven't really shared all our secrets with each other, I guess. You can teleport? He looks at Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he says, Heather knows her stuff around tough scrapes. She, uh, if anybody gets us out of this, it'll be her. And if she's got Hugo with her, the two of them, we better keep an eye out tonight and be ready for whatever they are going to come bursting in with. I think safe bet. We lay low. We don't make trouble. And when they show up, that's when we could maybe make a move. I want to avoid any unnecessary violence as much as possible. The fact that your sister is coming does put a small wrench in the one plan I did have to get you and Ali out of here, which was to um, negotiate that you all are civilians, really, and that keeping you here would only bring more trouble for them. Because technically, by, by agency standards, now that civilians have been harmed, I have clearance to call in extra backup, as opposed to just, you know, disrupting a regular old poaching mission kind of thing. This is now a, a, a threatening situation. Do we have any way to contact Eastie Agency? Do we have anything? I imagine they took all of our stuff, They right? took your communication. They took your wallets. Anything in your pockets, they would have taken it. Yep. Nope, that makes sense. I don't blame them. Is there anything that you wouldn't have taken with you with Allie that you would have left at the campsite where Hugo and Damien and Heather are? We know that Whitaker took his handgun and his sniper rifle and that Theo took a hunting rifle from his supplies. And as far as everybody else, I don't know that you guys would have brought much since you left camp chasing after Allie to get her from the snipes. That's right. So now um, we did establish briefly that in order to find the camp, Theo and Whitaker did use some like agency satellite footage or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so Whitaker's computer, which is connected to the agency, is at camp. I don't know that if Damien would know how to use that in this situation, but there is a connection, a, a, a tether there, maybe. He could maybe send an email to Prithy and let him know what's going on. Hey, everyone got kidnapped. This is Damien, LOL. <laughs> you know, just throwing it out there, just in case, <laughs> if you wanted to. Maybe save our asses. Yeah. Okay. Brittany, it, would you like to make it canon that Raven left her cards at the trailer? I was thinking about it. We did kind of wake up in the tent and then immediately take off mm -hmm. i think we established we were still in our pajamas honestly i don't oh. think they changed so because of that i was like i was gonna say like no she had them on her but no i think they'd, they'd be in the trailer like locked in the trailer mm -hmm. yeah she wouldn't have them in her pajama pants or in the tent especially mm -hmm. since she's kind of been weird about using them right now so she wouldn't have yeah. had them on her like that close so I think I like that situation better because it makes sense that you wouldn't have tried anything against your captors. Oh, yeah. She was not even considering using them. So, yeah, I think a lot of stuff got left back at the camp. Uh, and it's not so much that you had a bunch of things confiscated, but that, like, you just don't have anything because <laughs> you yeah. put teleporting from one bad situation to another. So that makes I a lot of Raven sense. I think Raven had her phone on her and that's it. She would have grabbed it from the tent just to try and keep in touch, but she wouldn't have had her wallet 
or anything else. Right. So they stole her. They took her phone and that's it. Cool. So that's the situation with stuff back at camp. But Aiden chimes in. She says, I think negotiating is a good idea. We need to get Allie out of here at the very, very least. Yeah. Top priority. They don't know Hugo's coming. They don't know Heather's coming. If I say backup is on the way, I'm not lying. If we could use that as a leverage against them. Or at least leverage to get Allie and Theo released. Shouldn't we keep that a surprise? Maybe we keep that on the back burner? Sure. Yeah, I think we should save that. I think the first step should be not even really negotiating, just let the civilians go. Just the child and her caregiver need to leave. Even if we just let them walk out of camp, they'll run into Heather and Hugo. So, like, they don't have to take them anywhere. Just let them walk out of camp unharmed. If we can get the two of them out of the situation and out of immediate harm's way, then we can continue from there. That's a good start. A good first goal. Maybe you could try and talk to him after we eat? Whitaker, you hear some conversation happening outside the tent now and some footsteps approaching. And entering the tent are the woman in the white lab coat and Lenin Rouge and a couple other muscle types they're armed the doctor is saying i'm i'm sorry we can't have the 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 chupacabras are are extremely damaged they're going to take a while to heal even if we provide them with a source of nourishment and lenon rouge says i don't want excuses doctor i just want results i want you to fix them and get them ready to go we have a long day of hunting ahead of us tomorrow our numbers were down 50% without them running around chasing off the stragglers today, so solve it. And he sits down, snaps his finger, and then one of these like people with the heavy artillery all over them just comes over and like opens a thing of wine <laughs> and pours them a glass. Thank you. Takes a sip. Ah. Well, I think we all have something in common now, huh? We are having a shitty day. I've had the worst hunting day of my life, it turns out. Despite how much fun it is hunting snipes when you don't have the full kit, like I said. <sighs> the system breaks down. So, tomorrow, my chupacabras will be much, much more ready to play their part. And uh, hopefully I can make up for lost time. But uh, I think tonight we will discuss how you're going to all pay me back for uh, the extreme loss in profits that me and my team are going to experience because of this and your interference. He sets the glass down, steeples his hands, and looks at all of you. It's a very interesting way of putting it. How long have you been running this operation for? This particular operation... a couple of years. And profits, I imagine, have been... Is this a steady number you're thinking of when you come up with uh, how much you've lost? How reliable are we talking here? Are you just talking out of your ass to make things seem a little more dramatic for us? Well, you know... We do like to aggrandize. Yeah, we like to we like to talk ourselves up, but uh, it's not a lie that uh, all the money I make from hunting snipes for my employer is, uh, you know, it's, it's set me and my people up fairly well. You know, Detroit, it's a shit city, but uh, we make the most of it thanks to all the profits coming in from, uh, you know, from the king. From the king, yeah, I figured. Figured that might be who's running this little operation. Yes, you've met him, haven't you? Met him? 
certainly one way of looking at it. it. Well, it's interesting, last I met him, he certainly didn't have the money to be moving pieces like you around. When I met him, he was not much more than an arrogant smuggler with, you know, maybe a couple friends, mm. a couple connections, but not many legs of his own to stand on. What changed? When did you fall in with him? When it became very profitable. King is a, he's a shrewd businessman. And I think for whatever reason, a lot of obstacles started to fall away for him. And he, uh, you know, made some moves, took care of some enemies, and now he's sitting pretty over there in the West Coast. So, uh, you know, he lets a little of that wealth trickle over to us here in, in the central states. And, uh, you know, we thank him for it. It's, uh, it's good to work for a rich patron, I have to say. He, like, aerates the wine in his mouth as he drinks it. <laughs> God, he's such a tool. It's fucking nasty. <laughs> I hate this man so much. <laughs> Good. It's perfect. Raven's staying. Like, she's listening and she's engaged, but she's not saying a word. This is between the two of them right now. Yeah. I mean, you clearly knew who we were. Well, I put it together after, uh... You know, you're a very interesting-looking group. You're very distinctive. Certain things, hard to... Hard to miss. And... You know, there's been word passed around between people doing jobs here and there that uh, there's a particular group that for some reason just keeps, you know, screwing up the, the jobs that the king is trying to get done. Uh, quite annoying, in fact. So annoying that uh, after giving him a call this afternoon, uh, once I found your friends here and you gave me a call on the phone, which you didn't say anything for, very proud of you, but... Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I sent out a call and, uh, you know, it's fortunate that you are here now, Mr. Whitaker, because I think to make up the difference of uh, all the snipes that I will not be able to deliver to our mutual acquaintance, uh, the bounty he has put out for you could line my pockets quite nicely. For all his efforts to get rid of me, it's interesting that he was putting that much money on my head now. All right. Before we dig into that little piece of information any further, I do want it established that while you have problems with us, and he motions to the squad, these two are not associated with us. Is that established? These are not agency people, and I think you've overextended a bit by bringing them along today. And I think this is only going to make your life a little more complicated, keeping them around. I don't know anything about an agency problem. I know you are a problem, specifically. As far as I know, the agency is not something my employer worries about very much these days. So, by association, neither do I. And as far as these two, well, they showed up with you, and... Uh, I think I could get creative if you think they would really be a problem for me because I don't like problems and I like to just get rid of them, you know. So, you're trying to bargain, but you are at the table with uh, your hands tied, so you need to offer me something a little better than trouble. Eden speaks up and she says, Monsieur Rouge, laissez-les partir. 
et vous aurez une récompense pour ramener à votre roi, valant plus de 30 des esprits rapides. And he raises an eyebrow, looks over at her, and he goes, Ah! Et quel prix voudrez-vous m'offrir, mademoiselle? Vous pouvez m'avoir. Hmm. Une offre tentante, je dois l'avouer. Mais mon roi a déjà beaucoup de belles choses en cage. Il est mené en danger qui pourrait contrecarrer ses plans. Ça serait un cadeau bien plus intéressant. Si vous ne le laissez pas partir, c'est le risque de mal finir. Hmm. Vous ne voulez jouer à un jeu de menace avec moi, cher ange. Je n'ai aucun problème à livrer le cadeau à mon roi, même gravement endommagé. And she looks like her gambit did not work. And he looks back at you, Whitaker. Sorry. What were we saying? Whitaker looks over at Aiden, just eyebrow raised. She shrugs and just shakes her head at you. I thought I'd try something. I don't know what my colleague just offered you. Something substantial, I, I imagine. I do recall making a bit of a mess of your two um, dogs that you sent after my, uh, my friend and I. I apologize for that, but for what it's worth, they did attack first. Well, they are trained to eliminate uh, intruders around the perimeter of the camp. Intruders in your illegal poaching operation, yes. I cannot stress this enough. As an agent, regardless of whatever pockets King's got lined up in there, this is field work for me, and I hope you understand that I'm simply doing my job. As an agent, helping protect the veil between the supernatural world and the mundane world. Well, I am not involving citizens of the mundane world at all. You certainly are, actually. That is exactly what I was referring to when I said you're harming civilians. Interesting. He snaps and one of the people who's been like standing at attention goes over to Theo and just roughly takes his glasses off of him. And brings them over to Nan Rouge. He kind of just thumbs the side where the runes are like etched in. It's a remarkable craftsmanship. It's a fine piece of work, I must say. Sets it down. Do you think I am a fool, Mr. Whitaker? He just like locks eyes with you, Whitaker. Whitaker sips his wine. <laughs> <laughs> he just grinds his fist into Theo's now broken glasses. You are not going to get things past me like you did with the man up in Canada. That idiot who does not know anything about this line of work. I have been doing this for years. I am Lenan Rouge. I am not some petty gangster who you can string along with your fancy agency speak, Mr. Whitaker. Whitaker puts the wine glass back down. He looks over at Felicity and Raven and Aiden and says, um, how long is it going to take for those chupacabras to heal back up? I have something else I could offer you. <sighs> now you're being more reasonable. They will heal faster if they are fed. And his eyes kind of dart over to Allie and Theo. 
if they're fed. Alternatively, we've got three people in this group, all of whom are sufficiently skilled at magical healing, and you wouldn't have to waste any resources on feeding, if you think that might be a reasonable use of their skills. So, you want me to trust my hostages to perform magic on beasts you have already weakened? Weakened only because they attacked us first. I can undo that damage for you today. That is my offer. My offer is to undo the damage that I've done today. Or at least start to. By offering to have my colleagues heal your pet dogs. That is a start. And I will consider it. I'm not saying you have to set all of us free. But surely you could let the gentleman and his niece go. If you let them loose, the most you have to worry about is them running back to a mundane police officer and complain about dinosaurs in the Badlands. You know, I don't think I would be letting any of my advantage go, because already you have proven, he gestures at Aiden Felicity Raven, what all of you have shown is that the single greatest thing that I could do to keep you all in line until I transport you back to Portland, where you will be presented to the king, is to keep these two, points at Allie and Theo, guarded and under threat of violence, should any of you try anything stupid. So, I will bring you some food. You will spend the night here while I see to my personnel and their equipment needs and prepare for tomorrow. And when we catch enough snipes to meet my annual quota, we will all leave and we'll see what the king wants with all of you. Good evening. I do have one question. He's gonna get up and leave, but if you wanna ask it while he's walking past you, you can. How many snipes meet your annual quota? Uh, we like to get a hundred. Do you know what the snipe population is? Uh, no, but we've never run out. With that, he exits the tent. And the the two like armed guards that came in with him uh, and the doctor follow him out and they bring Theo and Allie away from your group to some other place within the camp. Well, shit. Oh, fuck, is there anything we can say to bring him back? You made it very clear that you cared a lot about their safety, so he's using that against you. God, oh, it's such a good idea in theory. Let's <laughs> try and bargain them out of there. Damn it. Sorry, guys, I'm playing a smart villain this time. Damn it! I'm going to be honest with you, Natalie. I do wish I had a role to manipulate someone when offering to heal the chupacabras for him. Well, here's my here's my thinking about it and why I didn't prompt you for a role in the first place. Because manipulate someone is more for interacting with, like, uh, people. Lanon Rouge is technically the monster of this adventure. Ah, fuck. Yeah, you know we I mean? tried to manipulate monsters So before. that mechanic is not really meant to be used on characters like him. That's something that if Damien had taken Dark Negotiator as a monstrous, that would be the tool that you could oh. use to, like, manipulate a villain character like that. That'd be cool. Good to know. Yeah, I think I've tried to use manipulate someone on monsters before. And it's like specifically in the wording that it's people only. Yeah. For friends and allies, you might just need to ask for witnesses. You could tell them you're with the police or just offer them some cash for answering your questions. Manipulating monsters. Manipulate someone does not normally work on monsters, even if they can reason and talk. You can try to make a deal with one if you really want, but you don't get to roll to ensure it keeps its side of the bargain. That is directly from 
the rule book. Damn. You've now informed me on what I need to do next. So <laughs> conversations will be happening. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, when they're walking Theo and Allie out, Raven's going to try and catch Allie's eye and just mouth her like, it's going to be okay. She's definitely, she's looking at all of you. She's scared. And she, I think, just has a worried look on her face and like stays with her uncle as they mm-hmm. are taken away. Are they kind of alone now? There's there, there's no more guards in there now? You guys are left in the tent a few minutes later, like some very simple food is brought in and like some bottles of water. Raven wants to send Wendy after just like keep an eye on Allie, come back if anything bad happens to them. Yeah, you can send Wendy out as they're leaving if you want. Yeah, she wants her to follow them. Okay. Uh, if you nudge Wendy as Theo and Allie are leaving, they will pop out of your lap and bound over and jump onto Allie's shoulder. Okay. And she does smile at that and nods at you as she exits the tent. She's a smart kid. She knows. Yeah. And her glasses still work. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. So, like, you know, deli meat or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and saran wrap and, like, bottles of water. They don't give you, like, a feast, but they toss some food at you. And you are left the four of you in the tent. I'm a fucking idiot. No, you're not. This sucks. Aiden just puts her head down on the table. I'm sorry, you guys. Why are you sorry? For what? For putting you in danger like that. We are already in danger, and it's nobody's fault. I know, but I made it worse. We're fine. Aiden's not fine. She got beat up like crazy. Aiden, are you okay? She just kind of like raises a hand and it's like, it's not your fault. We're all here and we're all in one piece. And if we keep throwing a little pity party, then we're never going to get out of here. All right. This sucks. And we're going to figure it out. and We're going to get out of here. I know. I just. And then we can talk about how this will never happen again. But we can't keep blaming ourselves or we are never going to get through this. I'm not blaming myself. I just wanted to say I was sorry. What are we going to do? Whitaker's going around the perimeter of the tent. If they let him out of the table, he's just taking a walk around. You can walk the perimeter of the inside of the tent. Yeah, just seeing what he's working with. It's not very big. Does it sound like there's a lot of guards outside? There's a lot of activity outside. You hear, like, squawking of snipes as the paralysis starts to wear off, but they're already, like, chained and manacled into cages. You hear floodlights being turned on, <laughs> you know, to, like, light the campsite. And there's people shouting, there's cars moving around, there's, it's, you know... It's, it's like, yeah, it's like a busy military compound almost. He's like muttering under his breath. This is what I get for fucking on the job. This is what I get. This is what happens when you fuck on the job. <laughs> Aiden? Yeah? I know this didn't quite work last time. Or the time before that, honestly. But can you teleport all of us? I really don't want to flip that coin right now, Felicity. No, I know. I just, I thought it would be something worth asking. Just in case. I, I can teleport, but my magic's been a mess lately. I don't know what's going on. I know. And she kind of like thumbs at her lip where it's bleeding. And I'll say Raven and probably Whitaker, you would like put this together really quickly. She shouldn't be bleeding at all. Oh. She flew through a wall when you guys first met and stood up out of the wreckage of a kitchen and didn't have a cut on her. And this guy was able to punch her enough that she bled. And that's never been a thing before with her. 
Aiden? Can I step forward and heal her? She's not like, like she doesn't have any harm done to her. Okay. It's, it's like superfluous, but it is notable. It's bleeding. Okay. Yeah. Normally, the only time she's ever bled is when she's absorbed damage from somebody else to take it onto herself magically. Aiden, I'm sorry. I'm not asking as like a right now thing. I just mean as like a, a last resort thing. If we were all to get into some sort of danger that we had to get away from, could you teleport all of us? I don't know. I could try. Maybe if it was just a short distance, even if it was just to outside the walls of the camp. You know, it doesn't have to be far, especially if there's so many of us. I don't know how the magic works, but maybe over a shorter distance would be easier in a pinch. Maybe. It definitely is last, last, last resort. I I don't want you relying on that as our plan, because it clearly didn't go well before, and I can't be the reason we all get put in danger again. No, for sure. I want you to understand that I just wanted to make sure of this for a last resort. I'm not saying we do it right now. I'm not saying we do it anytime soon, but if one of us is about to die in this situation, like, I'm scared. I know, me too. I just want to make sure that you can get all of us. Not just some of us, but all of us. I'll do my best. And that's all I can ask. Thank you. It can be just some of us. It has to be all of us. I'm not letting anybody stay here. And I don't think Aiden is letting anybody stay here. Aiden makes eye contact with you, Whitaker, and gives you a very slow nod. She knows the order. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Does Raven notice it? Can I roll to see if I notice that? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and roll sharp. See if you notice that look that's exchanged between the two of them. I just want to know if she knows. That's an 11. You clock it right away. Oh. Raven clocks it on both sides. She sees both. She does not say anything. Mm-hmm. She just files that away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good to know. Is there anything else the three of you want to talk about? before we jump back to our other heroes. We've all said sorry about a few things and we've all had a, oh, this is my fault. Oh, this is this is my fault. No, please. But in all honesty, I am genuinely fucking sorry that I had to get you involved in king shit. We had no way of knowing. This is the most ridiculous scenario of happenstance that we ended up here near these guys. We're not exactly the most stealthy people. It's I'm not surprised they recognized us. Raven, you... We chose to be here. I'm sorry for getting you involved in the first place. I'm talking about the the lake situation. This is, um... uh, It's some grade A bullshit, is what it is. We wanted to do all that, Whitaker. We have had so many chances to leave, and we've chosen to stay. Because you're fucking crazy is what you are. You're fucking insane. We sure are. And you love it. Well, at least I got that off my chest. We can at least uh, 
be ready for when Hugo gets here, I suppose. Yeah. We leave our four heroes in this tent, hands tied, but clasped together, clinging to each other and hope. Hello, adventurers. I'm going to keep this week's break kind of short. I'm a little tired, it's late, and I want to get this episode out for y'all to listen to. The second half, it's crazy. I hope you're excited. Anyway, this week we are promo swapping with Trials of the Apocalypse, an anthology actual play series where they switch up the game they're playing fairly frequently, but all the systems they've explored so far fall under the Powered by the Apocalypse system umbrella. They have a Monster of the Week series, but it's very different from our story and most other Monster of the Week shows in general. But I'll let them tell you about it. Here's the trailer. Greetings from Trials of the Apocalypse. Trials of the Apocalypse is an actual play podcast telling one-shot stories in a variety of Powered by the Apocalypse games, rotating players and systems each time. More and more with every new arc, we tightly edit and master our audio, injecting it full of music and sound effects to immerse you in the story. Our stories are full of badass characters. I don't rinse the shotgun from his hand. Oh, you cut his arm off. I take his hand. Complicated relationships. I think that they bang their hands on the table. You couldn't just let me have the slightest bit of hope. And lots of friends having fun. Are we seriously going back to the beginning again? No. Are we going back to the beginning again? Where have we gone? <laughs> Every arc is independent from the others, so you can go back and listen to previous games in any order. Or come and join us for our newest, playing Monster of the Week in Space! Where our eclectic crew on the starship Scholastic go on a Star Trek, Hitchhiker's Guide, and Futurama-inspired comedy space romp, and along the way, maybe find out why folks have been falling into the sky lately. You can find us in your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Trials of the Apocalypse. See you there. You can find Trials of the Apocalypse on all popular podcatcher platforms and on Twitter and Facebook at T-O-T-A Podcast. One of them plays a space caterpillar in their Monster of the Week series. I don't think I need to say more. You can help our podcast continue to grow by leaving us a review, following and sharing our posts on social media, and telling your friends about us. Word of mouth is still the best way for a podcast audience to grow. And hey, we've actually been using our Twitter a little bit lately. Thanks, Brittany. So I'm not just saying that this time. Social media is tough, y'all, but we're trying. If you tweet about the show, you can tag us at StorySquadCast. That's all for now, adventurers. We'll see you next time. Hugo. There's going to be a lot of rolling, and I apologize in advance. (laughs) You have had time to prep along with Damien and Heather. I don't think we need to role play the gathering of supplies. I think it's fun if we pan out of the, you know, camera backs up and through the side of the tent and then further back out through the camp and further back out through the Badlands geography and further and further into the dark as the last bit of sunset dips under the horizon as we see Hugo, Heather, Damien, 
all shouldering weapons and ready to go as you crest a ridge and look down on Lanon Rouge's camp. Okay. You ready to get a quick lay of the land before I go deliver some supplies? Yeah. What do we see? Right, we're going to do some scrying on this campsite to see if we can locate our persons of interest so we're not going in blind. Well, Heather already has a tracking rune on Allie. So that helps get you like to the camp and you can see at least where Allie is within the camp or she can see the after image line directing her. Perfect. So there's that. So you don't have like you would have to do another spell to get a line on Whitaker and your friends, but you have a line on someone who's missing that you know is here. So, okay, then I think that is as good enough a line as any. I just needed to make sure we knew where they were. Yeah. And then I'm going to divvy up as Damien ducks underground. Ooh, before that. Hey, Damien. Yeah. Can you give us the good spits? Of course. And Damien's just going to like real big uh, lick both of his hands. And uh, what is Hugo armed with? Uh, his scrimmage sticks again. Yeah, and he's going to lick the hands and then grab the tips of the sticks. So there are these little nubs of green slime on them and Sort of like when Damien goes into his full combat monster is, you know, in the needles and are poking in and out. There's the little pinpricks coming off the edge of the tips of the Eskrima sticks. Very cool. I should roll magic for that enchanting effect. Mm -hmm. uh, good thing I have some proficiency in magic which is enough to get me the seven. Ooh, close then. Uh, what's the glitch? The only glitch I can afford is the taking the one harm. Can't afford to have it weakened or short duration or unwelcome attention or any problematic side effects. You could have it short on. duration. That would just be, you know, that would put a ticking clock on this mission. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'll just, I'll life strain someone. I'll get the harm back. I'm not worried about that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so you give up a little bit of your wellness to enchant Hugo's Eskrima sticks with some demonic offensive capabilities. Anything else you want to do as your, as your prep for the rescue mission, Hugo? How is the sky right now? Uh, fairly cloudless, very starry because you're out in the middle of nowhere. There's like a decent moon out, but the campsite itself, like I said, has large like floodlights that have been put on stands to light pathways between the different tents. Okay. Can we attempt big magic to bring in cloud cover? Ooh, yes, you may. Okay. Big, big magic. Like fog? No, no, just, just clouds in general. Would you like me to paint a picture of what I'm hoping to do? Please. Overall. Provide a set of cloud cover so that the only source of light is the light that they have on their spotlights and such. Mm -hmm. Somehow either short out those lights one by one or an EMP or something to provide them with no source of light at all. And then owl eyes using more magic and then just start picking off things while Damien goes and saves everyone. Yes. Okay. This is a good plan. 
Uh, and we'll say this is something you and Heather strategize about. Ooh. Oh, man. Big magic. What do you think you're able to cast this with? Because big magic requires certain things like special components and that sort of stuff. That is the question. So a lot of these are like you need to spend a lot of time researching. You don't have time to do that. You need to experiment. Can't do that because you can't just sit there failing at big magic all night. You need some rare and weird ingredients. That's maybe possible. The spell will take a long time to cast. You need a lot of people to help. The spell needs to be cast at a particular place and or time, or you need to use magic as part of the ritual, which includes the effect of having a glitch, which would be heightened, I would think. So I only picked big magic because it falls outside the rules of the regular use magic. So I'm not sure what else works. Yeah, there. no, I love it. I love whenever anybody brings up big magic as a solution to stuff because it's such a fun like, ooh, getting into the like soft magic mechanics of the game. Raven wouldn't mind, right? Hmm. Oh, that's another important thing. You grab Raven's tarot deck and, and like other people's supplies, I guess, from. Yep. Yes. That way, when we show up, we can, you know, hand Raiden some deck of cards and we also, I imagine that the two poachers that we dropped by the broken Jeep had a weapon or two. Uh, yeah, they both had like firearms that you could take. Perfect. Uh, Damien will add a couple pistols to his collect. I, I guess just one for, for Whitaker. Oh, and two chocolate bars. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Here's how it goes, Hugo. You are discussing your plan. You're talking about, oh man, it'd be nice if we had cloud cover. Let's make it so much easier. And you guys at the campsite, Damien's running around getting all the supplies, picking it up and just sort of stuffing it away in the pocket for easy access. Heather and you have made estimates of how many people there were, talked about ways of attack, strategies, that sort of thing. And as the sun is setting, in the sky, there's long shadows being cast across the campground. And at one point, one of the shadows on the ground, the one attached to you, Hugo, shifts a little. And rather than sitting, pointing at like the sketches and drawings on the ground that you and Heather are looking at, it folds its hands and you hear a familiar voice in your head. Seems like you could use a story change. Hey, Hugo, wouldn't it be nice if the weather had a different description attached to it? I already owe you a story. I'm not borrowing anymore. So sell one. A fair exchange. I could always ask your friend. He looks over at, or, you know, gestures over at Heather with one hand. Maybe she'd like to forget something she'd learned about you today. Maybe she'd like to forget a lot of things. Fine. I'll give you another story. It turns its attention back on you. On one condition. You have to be careful with this one. I'm careful with all stories within my care. Okay. Now let's see if I can actually narrate this properly for the thing that I have in mind. Okay. So, they're currently at the campsite. Mm -hmm. We see the camera start to pan past the trees. And eventually, as it's panning past one of the trees, 
the darkness in which it's panning extends. And we begin to hear the sound of jubilation, laughter, bells and whistles. As it moves back into some semblance of light, we see that the camera has gone past a carnival booth. We see that we are, in fact, at a carnival. There is a very large feeling of festivity in the air, where we see a group of people walking down the lane, laughing, pushing each other, usual stuff. We see on the back of the jacket of one of the people a very familiar hand symbol. Two hands embroidered on the back of a jean jacket. We pan up. We see the group of people stop. That person turn back where we see a early college Hugo walking with his head in a book, writing down notes, not paying attention to anything else around him. The person in the jacket runs up to him, pushes the books down onto the ground, picks them up, gives him a look of, really, right now? He concedes, takes the books, puts them in his backpack. They grab his arm and they pull him over to a game. It's the standard game of knocking over the bottles. We see Hugo pay the person at the booth. He makes an attempt, fails. Makes another attempt, fails again. Makes a third attempt, fails, looks up at the sky, disappointed in his failure. We see the other person who was with him who pulled his arm flick their finger one way. From the perspective of the bottles, we see the last bottle fall over. The person running the booth is very, very shocked, of course. Didn't actually see what happened there, but very rarely does anyone win that game. Gives him his choice of prize, picks the big bear, of course, and gives it to the person in the jacket. They then meet up with the rest of their group, proceed to a ferris wheel. We see them get on the ferris wheel. We see it reach up to the top. We see them exchange a glance. Their hands on the seat move closer to each other. And we pan away. You hear Dr. Kabe's voice in your head, Hugo, as your vision goes panning between black and white as your memory is sifted through and taken by this keeper of stories. He says, Tonight, Hugo Rashad, I will be rewriting the story at your side. And it feels like nothing happened, Hugo. For a minute, you feel like he cheated me. I didn't get anything. And also, he's just gone now? Like, what did I give him? I don't even remember. I can't remember. But if that's the end of the prep rolls that you wanted to make, we pick up at the cresting of that hill with your group. And just as you are looking down over the camp and you think, we really should have tried something else or done a different ritual or something, a mist starts to roll in and there's a you know, a low fog cover over the ground. Clouds come in over the sky. 
and you look up as one cloud begins to pass over the moon and the figure of Aranyakabe, his shadow appears briefly on the moon and just puts a finger to his lips and the clouds obscure the light. And Hugo, your eyes, you blink a couple times. You have perfect night vision. The scene is illuminated the way that that carnival was, even though you can't recall the carnival experience anymore. You get one more whisper from Kabe and he says, Make this one memorable, Mr. Rashad. I would like you to roll me several rolls in succession as Hugo and Heather are about to go black ops on this <laughs> campsite. <laughs> it's time to live up to the whispered name. Exactly. <laughs> so I will roll for Heather. Mostly these are going to be rolls to act under pressure and kick some ass. Give me three of them and I will give you a plus one forward for the help that Kabe is giving you tonight. Okay. And I'll say three each. Three act under pressure and three kick some ass. And we'll just do a bunch of rolling and tally and then use that to determine how things go. So the act under pressures are a nine, eleven, and a nine. Good. And then the kick some ass are a ten, eleven, and an eight. Oh wait. No. No, they're not. Because combat magic. So are they better than that? Instead of tough, I need to use weird. So it's actually a 12, a 13, and a 10. Yes! <laughs> okay. Very cool. Heather got an 11, an 8, and a 7 on her kick some ass rolls. So she has one full success and two mixed successes, which just means that she's going to get some harm done to her as she goes around doing her whispered work. For her act under pressure, all of hers are mixed successes. But you only had one mixed success on an act under pressure? There were two nines. Two nines. And that's with the plus ones? Yes. Okay. So the people of the campsite are moving around. It's it's kind of just evening. Just hit that point where you're like, oh, it's dark. Okay. Well, we have the lights. Good. The two of you, are you sticking together the whole time or are you splitting up? Probably a combination of the two. Let's describe your approach because you're going to try and kill the lights, right? Not all the lights at once. Because that's probably a little bit too noticeable. Right, but you're going to go around and cut a wire on one, go to the next one, cut a wire, that kind of thing? Yeah, either cut a wire or use magic to short it out. Got it. All right, you and Heather dash forward. You each get a mixed success on your act under pressure. So the hard choice I will give you for this first encounter, it's mostly a hard choice for you, Hugo. For Heather, it's a hard choice for a different reason. But if you want to take out this light, there are two guards who catch sight of you. And in a split second, you have to make the choice of silence them or the whole mission goes wrong. <laughs> he has already fully committed to at any cost at this point. So Hugo and Heather creep down, get to the first floodlight. She is using her constructs and jams them into the wires to <laughs> shut down one of these large floodlights lighting the campsite. And these two people who were just in the area come across you and they're like, hey, what the? And Hugo, you're a screaming sticks. And with Damien's acidic 
needle ends to them, they just go right through these people. Out the throat, choking and sputtering as sparks shoot off the ends of your Eskrima sticks. <laughs> Pull them out, they drop silently. Heather catches one, you catch the other, and you just drag them into the fog and the darkness. You make your way around a tent. You see a couple of people who have assault rifles that are just making patrols. Heather runs up behind one of them, slits their throat, drops them down quietly, takes the cartridge out of the gun and like throws it away so it can't be like picked up and used. Do you want to describe how you down another one of these poachers? Essentially drops down behind them and then just directly up, mm. right in the back. They gurgle shock as suddenly they are just impaled and dying drop to the ground forward the fog swirls around the two of you and you vanish as it parts again uh, as a light breeze passes through the camp and in similar progression throughout the rest of the camp just these silent moving shapes in the dark as Hugo and Heather go around and begin to cripple the defenses and readiness of Lenan Rouge's campsite Damien, you are on a different mission. Typically, prairie dogs will dig through things. But since Damien can go through objects, he's just lazily going through the ground as a prairie dog without the digging and occasionally <laughs> just popping the head up like, nope, not quite there yet. Nope. Oh, sorry. He's changing. OK, next next tent and pops up again. OK. Until he makes it to either the area where Theo and Allie are or where the rest of the group is. If you are somehow worked into the magic that Heather cast, which I guess he wouldn't be. So just flip a coin for me. Heads, you get to Heather and Theo's tent first. Tails, you get to the group. Okay. One to three is Allie. And it was a four. Okay. Everyone, you are sitting at the table. It's been an hour or two since you have been here in camp, and a little fairy dog <laughs> pops its head out in the middle of your tent. Hello. Any guards around? Oh my god. Sorry, are there any guards around? Oh my god, Damien. <laughs> Isn't he green? Yeah. Okay. No. We know it's Damien immediately. <laughs> Hi guys, it's so good to see you. I'm gonna drop off your stuff real quick. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's really disappointing. You thought I was just a cute prairie dog. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm so happy to see you, Damien. Are you are you with Hugo and Heather? Uh, they're outside. I don't know what they're up to, but I, I imagine it's pretty badass. But they're here. Yeah. You guys can see from within the tent that the light that was shining on this area of the camp <laughs> goes out. I'm going to get to Allie immediately. Here's some guns and your cards and a knife. Um, can you point me in the right direction? I've been guessing at this. You start to hear a commotion in the camp as now two of the floodlights have gone out. Lenan Rouge is just like off cursing somewhere. <laughs> Merth, get these fucking lights back on now. What the hell is going on in this camp? What are you all sitting around like a bunch of idiots? Barking orders at people who are now running around in the fog trying to see what they're doing. So that's them. We gotta go. We're busting out of here. Okay, I'm gonna keep looking for Allie because you guys are totally fine. I don't need to worry about you anymore. Find Allie and Theo first. My worry is that if they come here and see that we're gone, they might re think we're doing this and might take it out on them. Secure them first. Should we stay until we know they're out of here? Yeah. 
That is absolutely the plan. I'm happy to make a distraction from here for you, Damien, if you need that. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, here's a gun. I didn't enchant it. I enchanted the Escremis sticks. Oh, no. So, um, I guess focus on using on the humans and shout if you need anything. Thank you, Damien. Thank you. No problem. I'm gonna swan dive into the ground. It's annoying how good he is at this. <laughs> what a hilariously cartoonish moment for such a serious, terrifying situation. <laughs> just a tiny little green groundhog just whoop back into the dirt. Yep. After handing Whitaker a gun. After, like, barfing out all of your equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think he reaches into where a pocket would be on a tiny little groundhog's body and then pulls out a full-size human gun yeah. and hands it to Whitaker with his tiny little paws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so Raven has her tarot deck now? Yes, you have your tarot deck. All right, she's fucking terrified. Let's go. Also, you have a knife, so you can all cut your bonds free. Your hands are free now. All right. Yep. Raven, you start summoning. Uh, we're going to check perimeter. I thought we were waiting. Oh, no, we're not perimeter as in we're looking between the folds of this fucking tent to see what the hell's okay. going on. <laughs> so that when things go down, we know which way to run. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, you can cut some slits in the walls of the tent. Admire the fog and screams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely at this point you start to hear people being like, Ah! Jesus. As <laughs> you go and Heather continue to just go around assassinating these poachers. Oh my god. Damn, okay. To be fair, favorite enemy. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Hey, fuck poachers, <laughs> am I right? Listen, people who work and would endanger and hold the kid hostage, fuck these guys. They suck. I don't care that you come from a poor city. <laughs> They pointed a gun at a child. I don't feel bad. Is this classism? We're going around <laughs> killing people. It's not classism. They pointed a gun at a child. They're all adults who are here willingly. They're all aware of what they're doing. They're all adults who are doing magical, illegal hunting so that King Octopus can have a chicken nugget. Like, it's <laughs> it's fine to hate them. Every now and then I remember that he just wants to eat some fucking rare chicken. And I'm like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> so fucking rude. It's probably not even that good. It probably tastes just like chicken. It's just to be able to say that it's special. Oh, yes. Okay, so peek behind the curtain. Yeah, please. When I was coming up with this adventure and I originally was like, okay, there's going to be snipes. What's the problem? And uh, shout out to Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, we workshopped some ideas. And he was like, what if there's just someone who wants to eat them? Because they're rare. And that's like a dick thing to do. <laughs> and I was like, I have the person in mind. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's not even prepared fancy. It really is just like chicken nuggets. It's really just chicken nugget strips yeah. that King Octopus has the snipes turned into. And he eats them like all year because he gets one big cache of them. He just wants Chicken tenders with ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. I hate him. Man's mm-hmm. just hungry. <laughs> just a snacky guy. <laughs> just a snacky guy. Anyway, sorry. Back to the story, <gasps> though. <laughs> back to this really serious, uh, life-threatening story. As Hugo and Heather run around as cool whispered agents doing what the whispered do best. Yeah, I think we'll jump back to Hugo and Heather, actually. When you cut that second bit of light, Hugo, you succeed on your act under pressure, but Heather does not. And 
when uh, you guys are moving away, someone sees you both. And it's the woman in the white lab coat. And she calls out, there's somebody over there. And as you run with Heather to creep, you know, away, people start to congregate on your position. You manage to lose them in the fog. You hear Kabe's voice in your head and he chuckles. <laughs> no, that's not how tonight's story goes. And suddenly you're like, you are just shrouded in darkness enough to escape. The effects of your big magic contract with your spirit patron continue and you manage to get away. But when you take a breath, okay, we lost him. You hear leaping out of the darkness at you and Heather are the two chupacabras. And this is now what you are going to have to engage with with her against. This is fine. This is totally fine. I'm not panicking at all. <laughs> so, yeah, Chupacabra leaps and slashes at the both of you. You can see that toothy sort of elongated snout opens and the like needle like injector thing on the end of a proboscis tentacle is like whipping around, ready to stab into you and drain you for life energy and blood. Battle start. What do you do? We weapon, specifically using the Escrima stick, so it's the regular kick some ass kind of stuff. Okay. I assume do a roll thing? Yep, you gotta roll for it. I'm saying that all the kick some ass and act under pressure stuff you did before was to achieve your, like, cool shadow assassin stuff. <laughs> oh no, we got a seven. And now things turn for the worst. Well, it's, it's the first actual combat fight I'm giving you. Let's see, I will roll... I'm gonna have Heather roll to protect someone. She got an eight on the die. What's your tough at right now? Uh, plus one. Okay. I'm kind of just going to give her the same stats because you both started as initiates. So she winds up with a nine. So she will split the harm between you. Uh, this bite is two harm and it goes to chomp onto you. She will throw her hand with the red bladed construct in the way as well. And the two of you are able to block the bite and it only grazes you with its fangs for one harm each. Okay. But you get to inflict harm against it in a counterattack, so how much harm does your enchanted Eskrima do? See, the Eskrima is normally one, plus the enchantment makes it two, and it's magic. So you do two all day? Yep. All right. Unless I swap to the combat magic. For now, just the two. Got it. You use the Eskrima stick you did not lock with to jam up under this thing's ribcage. I'm going to say these did not recover all of their harm back, so they are still looking pretty rough. They did get a minute to rest over the course of the afternoon, so they're not fully better after Whitaker shot them, but they uh, are still hale enough to do some damage. The second one is going to go for Heather, and she will now try to kick its butt with a kick some ass roll of her own. That is a seven for her as well. She can't do much to resist that, so she'll just take the two harm and deal out two harm as well. What's resilient do? Everything counts as one less harm than it actually is. I didn't quite understand how that part worked. It says, additionally, your wounds count as one harm less for the purpose of keeper's harm moves. So does that mean like damage caused by the keeper is one less? Or does that mean that if something is based on how much harm you already have, you act as if you have one less than that? So anytime anyone gets hurt, I get to use one, which I kind of just have been doing 
without actually checking the like suggestions. But basically, if you're at one harm or more, I can make you fall down, take minus one, pass out. You're under an intense pain. It's the sort of thing where once you're unstable, you get a harm added. Even if nothing happens, you just get worse because it's unstable. That's horrifying. So she is at one harm or more. I will say that she gets knocked down. So she has this chupacabra on her and she's just like stabbing up at it with one of her knife constructs. What's your next move? Probably to protect if needed. I mean, these things are going to keep coming. These things don't care if you're shrouded by smoke because they have sniffers on them that can sense prey. Oh, no. In that case, never mind. We're, we're just we're smacking. You know what? No, we're close. We're going to start blasting. Okay. Because that has a much better chance of actually hitting stuff with an 11. Ooh. This one is a blast with electricity, so it's three harm, messy, magic, close, obvious, loud. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Okay. The chupacabra, which tackles Heather and brings her to the ground, bites into her shoulder. And are you blasting the one on you or the one on Heather right now? Let's go with the one on me and... I'm going to use the on a 10 plus thing for kick, kick some ass to give Heather a plus one forward. Nice. Or actually, does Heather count as a hunter? Yeah, she does. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give her a plus one forward. So you see her get tackled to the ground. Ah, get off me, you bastard! Stabbing this thing. Your eyes flash with a crackle of lightning, and from your tattoo, a surge of energy comes through, and you thunder punch the chest out of this chupacabra it gives off the sound of a lightning strike (laughs) and (laughs) crackle of energy the chupacabra slumps limply but this thing is fully killed that was enough to get past the halfway harm threshold that i had them at let's roll heathers to see if she can take out the other one Ooh. That's a nine on the dice, plus your one forward, plus any tough she had, definitely gives her more than the normal success rate. So her plus 10 move on kick some ass will be to inflict terrible harm and give her a three damage hit, which is another five damage total. So as this thing rears back to chomp down on her shoulder again, she grips the knife construct that she's holding. Her tattoos flash a brilliant shade of crimson and rather than continue to stab the knife just grows in size and like a retractable blade shoots out through this thing's head and then shoots back down smaller uh, as she adjusts the length of the blade magically and it (laughs) drops and bleeds out Let's check with Damien quickly so we can secure the Springers. You kind of have to read a bad situation, Damien, because now that the assault on the camp has begun, it is a bad situation. And you are, I think, looking for answers to those questions more so than needing to stay hidden. Yes, uh, that is uh, seven. So I get to ask a singular question. Yeah, I've got to get my way to them. So what's the best way to protect... Allie and Theo. You think that once you find them, if you can get them out of the camp, that they can flee and then you'll be 
able to cut loose, essentially. Mm. Best way to protect them is to remove them from the area quickly and quietly enough that you can get them out. The best way to do that, I mean, you have the fog that Hugo has conjured. It's getting darker. Now that the lights are falling off, there is the chaos and hubbub of the camp being under attack. So with all of those factors, I'm pretty confident you can come up with a creative way to evacuate them. Perfect. So finding them isn't going to be a problem, which is good. That's what I was worried about. You you find their tent pretty easily because there's only so many tents and you checked a few before you found Whitaker's. So are they what's their guard situation like? There are two guards outside the tent that they're in. Oh, outside the tent. That's perfect. So Damien's going to go for inside the tent and drop off a knife for Theo to cut his own bonds. And they probably won't recognize what's happening. He'll just be like, oh, what's what's this handle in my hand? And like <laughs> see a green little prairie dog, like give a quick wave as, you know, he hands him a, a pocket knife to undo his things. And then Damon's going to make sure he's standing on Theo's side. Cause I imagine they've like, they're tied back to back on chairs. They just had their hands like bound and were like sitting in the tent together. Okay. Well, he's still going to turn so that, you know, Allie's not looking as he grows into full size Damien, who has all the clothes that he had stolen from the guard and like geared up with and then just ooze drops out of it so now there's a nice change of clothes and gear and weapon for theo Mm -hmm. so that he'll look a little less uh, conspicuous and then damien will shrink back down to the prairie dog form and having surveyed a little bit of the outside, we'll probably be able to tell which part of the tent to slice through with the knife so that the three of them can make their way out without alerting the guards in front. Okay, so you want to sneak away from this tent uh, out the back? Yes. Okay. I don't know that you can hide the fact that you're transforming from Allie. This is a small, like, little sleeping tent. I wanted to hide the nudity from the child. I mean, the Ken doll nudity from uh, well, the child. I mean, you can be wearing multiple clothes at once, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think, and all of this is dead silent, right? Because there are guards right outside. So you can't say yes. anything. And so they're just staring at you. Allie, full jaw drop. And Theo just like quietly picks up the clothes and starts putting them on over his. And I think he just mutters like, what the fuck, Whitaker? <laughs> uh, he gets, you know, tactical geared up, pulls up a little like scarf thing over his face and whispers to Ellie. All right, Ellie cat, we're going to sneak our way out of here. You got to stick close to me. We're going to make a run for it. You're on Heather. She's clearly doing her thing. Oh, we're so lucky, right? She's like, she's so she's amazing. I can't. This is awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, but like, thank goodness she's here. He says, okay. So as soon as we get outside of camp, we're going to run. You run as fast as you can. I'll stay with you. We're just going to make it into the darkness. We'll, we'll figure out a way back to camp when we have a minute. She's like, okay. Wait, what? <laughs> what about the snipes? Damien, what about the snipes? Damien sees 
like mentally runs the scenario where he sees Theo and little Allie running out of the camp and is just like, nope, there is too much chaos. There's just too much. And I just put him in a bad guy uniform. I have to make sure that they get outside of the camp and I need to be there to protect them. And if we do get maximum body count on this, the snipes won't have any sort of concern. Damien will switch back to his uh, sweatshirt wearing self and just pick up Allie because she's not going to be able to run as fast as Damien can carry. That's very fair. Then act under pressure as you and Theo flee the camp. Eight. Oh, boy. (sighs) Do not hurt this fucking kid. I was trying to think if there would be a way to signal that Theo is Theo. Just because I'm sending him out there and we've got Hugo and Heather in full kill anything in a uniform mode. Mm -hmm. So I want to like tie a little bit of like Ali's shirt material or something to his arm or like make sure he leaves like some of his hair sticking out. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. But you roll an eight, Damien. So (laughs) worse outcome, hard choice. I only had one disguise. Yeah, price to pay. You step out of the the back of the tent. You're holding Allie and you give Theo a nod. You and he, okay, run, 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 run. You get very close to the edge of the camp. In fact, you're almost past the last of the floodlights. And there's there's lots of people running around. So the fact that you two are running doesn't really catch a lot of attention. But as you are getting closer and closer, you get to the edge of camp and the van meter monster lands in front of you, backlit by the floodlight. Its massive wings flapping as it stalks forward on its like clawed knuckles. And if you want to get away, just you and Allie, you can in this moment. You could split up and make it. If you stick with Theo to try and make sure they both get out okay, the smart thing to do would be to call for help from your allies and like signal them that it's time to move. None of the above. Damien is gonna (laughs) chuck Allie into Theo's arms and immediately start to battle form and just roar right back oh, at this creature. Fuck. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, Damien. oh, fuck, dude. This is incredible. Yes. Oh. Anders, Anders, I want to kiss you. It's Damien. Oh. It has to happen. He doesn't follow oh the my rules. God. That's not even in the rules, but I love it. So it'll happen. I'm so hyped right now. Um, all right. What fucking move is that? That's nothing. That's just you making an amazing call. Uh, okay. You toss Allie to Theo. He grabs her, sees you start to, like, bubble and hiss, and Demon Lord Damien Edgecrest faces off against the Van Meter pterodactyl. Just these two massive monsters. And Theo's eyes are white, and he just starts backing up and dashing away. Yeah, incredible. Holy shit. Everyone else, you hear the cry of the Van Meter monster. Followed by the unholy cry of the infernal. 
Oh my god, thank you. Thank I imagine you so it's much. that, but pitch down like 50 I'll see what times. I can do to it in, in audition, see if I can pitch it lower. Oh, wow. Amazing. So, everyone in the tent with Whitaker, you are hearing a bunch of swearing, you're hearing like thunder go off and monsters roaring. Whatever the plan was, it's either going really well or really poorly. It's hard to, <laughs> hard to tell from within this one little tent that you've been in hiding and creeping around in. I think you just hear Lanan Rouge screaming at his lackeys and minions. Trouvez-le! Tuez ces gars! Putain de merde! Allons! So he's sending people to come collect you from the tent. All right. Whitaker's going to line up by the little like entrance tent flap. Gun raised. Aiden, get on the other side. Okay, yeah, sure. She'll... I need Aiden on the other side. And Raven, if you stop pulling cards, you're going to make another inferno. I will do my best. And Raven's going to... I'm going to go into like the far back corner of the tent away from the entrance and kneel down on the ground. Whatever you pull, just make sure you can control it, okay? Yeah. All right. Felicity, you want to be um, a distraction? I just need you to sit in the middle of the tent and look very confused when they open the door. Yes, I can do that. Thank you, Felicity. <laughs> All right. Aiden, you're in position. Any other questions? Nope. Fantastic. Eastie agents in training, you post up on the door of the tent. Nan Rouge is just like outside, yelling and screaming orders. Where are the chupacabras? What is happening? Two or three people come in through the doorway and just like look at Felicity. What's everyone's move? Hi! <laughs> Ravens pulled a card. <laughs> we get a surprise round, is what this is. As soon as Whitaker said it before they came in, she's kneeling on the ground and her hands are shaking and she's freaking out because she has not touched these cards Yeah, since the forest. Mm -hmm. She hasn't had a chance. She was thinking, this is a nice vacation. Maybe I'll get a chance to practice some more and, you know, work out my emotional trauma with this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Looks like I'm just getting tossed into the middle of this like usual. And she opens up the little package and she closes her eyes and she pulls a card. Okay, roll. Guys, I'm so scared. Do it. You got <laughs> it. So scared. If I fuck this up. I swear to God, Raven. I swear and to God. Here we have an example of recovering from trauma. Oh. Do I add weird? Yeah, you add your weird. That's a 14. Bitch! I love you! Okay, Raven. Roll a G4. Alright, okay. I have my dice ready. Actually, no! Ooh, Wait. No. Don't you don't have to roll a D4. Because you rolled 12 plus. Yeah. So. Oh my god, so many badasses out here tonight. This is like, this is cleansing me. Roll me a d20. Okay. Guys. What'd you get? <laughs> I'm gonna take a picture. Is it a natural 20? If it is it a nat, a nat 20? 20? It's a nat 20. I am gonna shit my pants <laughs> on the screen right now. Raven! I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. <sighs> Do, it, Do it, cow! Do it, cow! Do it, cow! I rolled it. Those aren't the dice that I rolled for the the one before that. I had already moved them out of the way to roll my d20. Mm -hmm. Give me a second. <laughs> Give me a second here, because there yeah. are two very good options, mm -hmm. and I want to send you the two to pick from. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm anxious. 
I'm ready. I I am anxiety. <laughs> Personified? Yes. Amazing. This is so delicious. I was so ready to fail that role so bad and just have another disappointment frog <laughs> incident. There's definitely like a PTSD understory here. Mm-hmm. You're doing good. I was You're ready for good. this arc for Raven to like deal with her trauma. She did for a second and then <gasps> we're back now. I kind of just gave you more trauma. <laughs> that's fair. No, yeah, that's fair. When in doubt, add a little more. Oh, Natalie, those are both such good options. I know. Fuck. I know. (sighs) All right. I'm going to roll the d20 again. If it's even, it's the first one. Okay. And if it's odd, it's the second one. Okay. All right. Because I cannot decide. It's about to be another net 20. It doesn't even matter what I roll. They're both so good. I'm not mad. Yeah. I just can't decide. I got an 18. Oh my god. That's an even number. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> this is awesome. Killing these rolls, though. The second option I gave you was like what the dice number would have determined, but I like this option a lot. The second one's so good, and it would have been so cool, but the. F- okay, we're doing the first one. We're doing the first one. Also, Raven, just like a little bit of happy tears when she sees the card when she flips it over. Just, just, just a tiny bit. She's crying. Yeah. Okay, so Raven. They burst through, you've pulled the card, and you're shaking. You're so scared. She stands up and faces the door. You're like, I don't know what I'm gonna summon. I've lost control the last time I did this. It's terrifying having to do this again in the moment, yet again. You flip the card, and like you said, just happy tears. And you hear a voice in your head. Hey, kiddo, need some help? Fuck! Oh my god! Yeah, I can use some help right now. <laughs> oh, Golden light surges oh from the card as you pull the sun, the honeybee spirit, yet again. Oh and the wasp armor just forms around Raven. Oh my god. The giant stinger lances on both of the bracers form. This is a magical girl transformation moment in the moment that they're opening up yes. the ten yep. curtains. She's just like, <laughs> shwing, shwing. <laughs> ready. It happens in an instant. And Raven, you were so afraid that this deck that you don't really understand might hurt you and your friends again. But the honeybee spirit, you feel the warm glow of the sun just on your back all throughout your body as you are empowered by this friend of yours. You, you can count on the spirit anytime you're in a pinch. Have at these assholes. <laughs> they open up the tent curtain door. Can Raven just, I hate myself. Can Raven make a beeline and just not even let them get in the tent? Absolutely. <laughs> just like whiz past everyone. <laughs> a beeline. And just like clothesline them away from the tent entrance. Yeah. I mean, I'll roll that into the 14. Like, even if it doesn't do the bam- damage, she's yeah, she wants them away. Oh no! It, listen, Brittany, I'm not gonna take this from you. I can. Voice the bee spirit you. armor forms around you, and you are just you fly forward and impale these fucking jerk hunters. You know, these these rich assholes hunting snipes for sport, and just push them out of the tent and into the ground as your body lifts up into the air on the wasp wings on the back of you. Whitaker, Aiden, Felicity, you have like a half a second to respond to this, but like Raven just took off in the bee armor. She's gonna turn around and look back at the tent entrance and be like, all right, let's go. 
Bye, guys. <laughs> Let's go. Jesus, warn me next time. <laughs> you rush out from the tent. Whitaker, gun drawn. Aiden, whoosh, fist glowing. And Felicity, I assume you also are getting some magic prepared. Yes, my first move would be to freeze the enemies. I mean, there, at this point, there's so many enemies around. Like, it's the entire campsite. You guys okay. kind of have pick of the litter when it comes to, like, you're choosing your targets. Well, then, yeah, I'm getting magic ready. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. If you're all going to kick some ass, why don't you just roll those rolls and we can give each of you a hero moment as you take down some of these poachers as they run around scrambling for uh, any sort of clue as to what's going on as they get absolutely ambushed <laughs> from all sides. And suddenly it's that scene in The Lord of the Rings where everyone's just getting taken down and people are keeping count. Yeah. Damien, could you roll kick some ass too to see how you do against Van Meter? I somehow magically rolled a 13. Ooh. So that's fun. Okay. Here's the question. I rolled a 13 for kick some ass. Should I be rolling for kick some ass or should I be rolling for magic? Whatever you're going to use to affect the scene. All right. You should I roll for that. I will be using magic. Okay. So that's a 16. Oh my God. That's the second 16 we've had in a while. Yeah. <laughs> or in recent memory. Double sixes, baby. There you go. You had a plus. Wait. Jeez. Really? Yeah. My plus one to use magic is from getting the mystical library. Oh, okay. So I have a plus four to use magic. Jesus. Wow. I know. Incredible. It's fucking wild. I broke the game, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're all incredible. This is awesome. <laughs> this is this is the Avengers moment for the hunters. Like, Whitaker, how'd you do on your roll? Got an 11. Damien, how'd you do on your roll? Five. <laughs> Hugo, did you roll one? Nope, I'm, I'm just going to let that sit. I'm going to let that be. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to do your thing, fam. Do your thing. All right, all right. Aiden got a 10 on kick some ass. Awesome. I, I rolled a kick some ass roll and I got a four. So uh, my next thing that I do is not very cool, but at least I got the first one right out of the gate. It's fine. Here's what we'll do. You fly out, you stab those two hunters, put them into the ground. Whitaker and everyone else rush out. And you're like, come on, we gotta go. And ping, after a like a gunshot goes off. And Raven, you get caught in the shoulder and knocked down. The V armor protects you, obviously. So from a regular bullet, what is that, Whitaker? It's two? Two harm, depends on what it comes from, but it's usually two. Yeah, so you only take one harm from getting shot because your armor. Nan Rouge is standing there and he's just like, I'm going to kill all of you motherfuckers and that king can have your corpses! And goes to shoot at you, Whitaker. And there's a golden flash and Aiden is behind him. And puts a hand on his shoulder and they both vanish. <laughs> oh, bitch! What? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, fuck. The rest of the hunters descend on your group around the, the tent. Uh, and Whitaker, it's a firefight. So let's get some secret agent badassery going. <laughs> oh my, sorry, I'm, I'm reeling. I'm fucking reeling. <laughs> it's been a roller coaster of emotions. I have a really cool idea for what I'm gonna do too. So I'm ready. Let's get Whitaker, then we'll go to you, then we'll check on Damien. 
All right. The gun that that uh, Damien handed Whitaker is a fine handgun, but it only has like what ten rounds tops. So Something what like that. Whitaker's gonna do? He's gonna use it very quickly, incapacitate the first person who's closest to him, just enough to like take out the legs or or whatever's nearest, and grab their gun, which mm-hmm. is probably a semi-automatic. Yes. And he's gonna take that shit and just plow down anyone else who's coming near him. <laughs> Hell yeah. You basically begin some gun foo essentially, and just like, blam, blast somebody, empty the clip, grab their gun, pull it under their arm, feel fire to somebody else. It's a bunch of John Wick awesomeness. (laughs) What's the bonus you're gonna do for getting a 10 plus on kick some ass? As cool as gun foo is, Whitaker is certain in this case that his heaviest hitters are going to be the magic users, so he's going to try to just clear the area for them to do whatever he's going to do. Or whatever they're going to do, sorry. So, plus one forward to the next hunter. Yeah. There's also force them where you want them, if you're trying to, like, crowd control the scene. Crowd control! Crowd control! Alright, will that help Felicity? Yes. All right. More than a plus one since she already succeeded on her crowd role. Control. Yep, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, we'll we'll do crowd control. Keep them from hitting his friends or or them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Felicity, what's your very cool idea? Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick them all up with magic mm-hmm. and crush them together like I did with the turret that was outside of the EC agency. Okay. I'm just going to crush a whole fucking bunch of people. (laughs) All right. You see that Whitaker is controlling one of the like pinch points that are leading to the tent where you guys are being kept. But there's a bunch of people that seem to be coming through the smoke Mm -hmm. uh, the other direction. And you can see them positioning basically where like a couple of them come up and then another two come a little further and then another two a little further and you reach your hand out and it's like you're scooping through a bunch of sand as the ones in back just get and they all get pulled forward and bump into each other and kind of start to roll forward they lift up into the air just like and you <laughs> increase the attractive forces between these figures you're holding and they are condensed into a ball the size of like uh, a shopping cart. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, there's a sickening squish and a lot of liquid that just pours out <laughs> so you condense them into a human marble. Jesus. That's gonna scar Felicity a little bit. The podcast is rated explicit. <laughs> oh man. That's, I don't think Felicity has killed anybody before? Nope. So that's that's about to scar Felicity a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, we'll unpack that in the next episode. So much unpacking to do! <laughs> hey, how about... God, I'm looking over here. We got so many boxes of trauma that have not been unpacked yet. We'll just throw this one on there. We really gotta clear out the, like, the foyer of all these boxes. <laughs> As a little boxes. piece of flavor. <laughs> yeah. As... Felicity crushes these people. Her knees quiver a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she drops down. And she's thinking about how these people were just working for somebody. They weren't, they just got hired by some guy. And like, yeah, she was in danger. I think you get a flash of like being held at gunpoint and the guy beating up Aiden. Yeah. 
she was in danger and she felt like it was something that she, she had to do, but she still is not about it. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. It's scary. Yeah. Uh, you you get a flash of when Nan crushed like Theo's glasses when there was that like scary confrontation in the tent. You get flashes of the snipes being wrapped up and condensed into their like the nets that they're being captured in and forced into a bunch of cages stuffed in together and all that imagery. Just you hold your fist real tight and it. It's almost an instinct response that she immediately regrets. Mm hmm. And I'll say the last flash you get in your mind, Felicity, is of not these people dying, but a group of people in a village on fire <laughs> as a firestorm erupts in front of you. Oh, Jesus. Okay. She didn't want to do that. She had to do that. And yeah. now she's feeling like absolute garbage and she may be out for the next couple of rounds. We cut to above the clouds with the moon all the cloud cover that Dr. Kabe and Hugo summoned, creating sort of a, a soft, ripply ground cover, although it's sky. Aiden just appears in another flash, grabs Lanan Rouge by his coat collar, and just starts wailing into him with her smite ability. She punches him across the face and just starts yelling at him in French again. Ça, c'est pour avoir fait du mal à ma fille crashes him again, this time like uppercutting him so that he floats in the air a little bit and then grabs him for his collar. It brings him down and pulls him in for like a knee to the ribs. Et ça, pour avoir menacé la fille à laquelle je donnerai mon cœur. Punches him one more time and just lets him go. And it doesn't matter how much harm she did to him then, he's in the sky and she just let go of him. As he falls and she just starts to vanish, you know, high above him with her wings out supporting her. He laughs. <laughs> Vive le roi. And vanishes beneath the clouds. Damien, you failed against the Van Meter monster? <laughs> Question mark? <sighs> yeah, I don't necessarily want to fail against the Van Meter monster. You don't have to. <laughs> I really don't want to fail against the <laughs> Van Meter monster. Damien, do not. Come on, man. No. So I'm going to check off my don't. next no. luck point. There so I only have two oh remaining. Oh, my God. Damien. Amazing. I think it's the right choice. Yeah, come on. We all need this. We all need a little, little spicy moment. That's so many luck points. Damien. What does your victory against Van Meter Monster look like? Damien begins to charge on all fours toward the Van Meter Monster as it prepares its laser beam ability. Yeah, you see the crest lighting up to laser you, for sure. And Damien just drops into the ground as the laser hits the ground where he used to be oh! and then pops up underneath and... It starts off like an uppercut, but the fist just immediately turns to goop mm -hmm. and sticks to sort of the, the chest of him and just begins to go. Oh, with life drain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for uh, it. He's going to take six harm. What? <laughs> uh, because normally 
my attack does one, but I got the natural attack a while back, so it's two. Right. And I took the Chosen's Devastate ability, so it's three. And when you do a luck point, that's a 12 plus, and you get to do double Double harm. damage. Yep. So I'm going to get back to full health. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Damien Edgecrest. <laughs> this slurping, gooping mass of green spikes rushes at Van Meter, which is also clawing forward on its two front wing, like, knuckle areas. Charges up its laser. You swell big to draw the attack, and as soon as the beam fires, you phase through the ground, up and under, and punch this thing with a gooping fist that then just around the body and the light that's being like out of the crest is just drawn back in and out through the chest and into you as you rip six harm from this giant pteranodon creature god or I could you know boom it away in a route and just let it be to the wind and scare it off with just that. I'll give you both, dude. <laughs> you burned a luck for this. It, like, screeches in pain and starts beating its wings, trying to get away from you as fast as it can. And if you want to let it go, you can. It wants to flee. Damien thinks back to Felicity and her willingness to not hurt animals, and he he lets it go. Okay. <laughs> Your body sloughs off it and it takes off into the sky, immediately running from your superior show of magical and physical force. At this point, so many of these like hunters are hearing monster screams and all this other stuff, and they're getting in their cars and taking off, just like leaving this field of carnage. And, and making it pretty far away from the field of carnage. Hmm. Right? What do you mean? And and making it pretty far away on their uh, oil removed. Oh, that's right. Oil cap removed <laughs> vehicles. Yeah, that's right. They can't flee very far. Or actually, they can't even start their cars. All the cars like turn over and the engines immediately lock up because there's no oil in them. And like, so all the cars blow out. You know, there's a lot of exhaust kicking back. And they're just like, fuck shit. They abandon that and just run off into the night, disappearing into the fog and the badlands. Hugo, you and Heather break through the mist as Damien lets the Van Meter fly away and Theo and Allie see you two and they run over. And Heather, oh my gosh! Big hug. Thea runs over, gives you a look, Hugo, and says, this is a hell of a thing. What's the plan? Are we have an escape route or something? Frankly, I didn't think that far. Do you, you want to know how far ahead I've thought? And he's going to take out a chocolate bar and give it to Allie. Oh my god! <laughs> She accepts it, thankfully, and says, Oh, thanks so much. And her eyes light up, and she says, I know who needs this more. Aunt Heather, can we go save the snipes? Allie, please. <laughs> and Heather looks around as the rest of the poachers are running away, and she's like, All right, Allie, let's go. And so the Springer family will dash over to some of the cages where the snipes have been locked away. She uses her red construct to slice through the lock, open the door, and Allie offers the candy bar to the couple of snipes that are closest to the entrance. 
and they're <laughs> she's like, come on guys, go get the treat and tosses it off into the darkness and all the snipes <laughs> and they all start running out past the, the group of you. Theo quickly swoops Allie up so she doesn't get trampled and they do kind of jostle and bump you a couple times. Uh, yeah, you get bumped a few times by the snipes as they run by. Whitaker, the men you've been fighting against, you know, the, the hunters and men and women, whatever, they start to retreat. They just take off. They're like, fuck this, it's not worth it. You see Felicity sort of collapse on the ground. Raven is getting up after being hit by the Nanruj's bullet in the bee armor. And you hear... Ah! <laughs> 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 sickening, like... Crunch <laughs> as Nan Root hits the ground from so high up. Amazing. Like, splat. Like maybe some of him is intact, but not a lot of it. Amazing. Wow. Jesus Christ, Aiden. Aiden swoops down, goes over to where Felicity is uh like kneeling. And is your hand like still up? Kind of in shock. Uh, well, yeah, my hand is up and I'm down on my knees. Yeah, so Aiden lands and runs over to you as her wings disappear. And she just kind of checks you over. She's like, are you all right? Are you okay? I I hurt people. She gives you a hug. Everybody hurt people tonight. We'll work through it, okay? Okay. We should all get back to camp. And Raven, she'll turn around as she's like hugging Felicity, lock eyes with you. She's like, are you good? I'm good. Let's get out of here. And hunters, having successfully defeated Lanan Rouge and his group of snipe poachers, you retreat and head back to your campsite uh, where the Springers have their trailer, you have yours, and we can pick up there next time, because that is where we will end our session. Oh boy, this is going to be an emotional session next time for Felicity. <laughs> but wait, you know what that means? Oh, the, the end of mystery questions? <laughs> when was the last time? Yeah, okay, let's do end of mystery questions really quick. Ba, ba, ba. Did we conclude the current mystery? Boy, howdy. Did we save someone from certain death or worse? You're welcome. We also provided certain death for some. Yes, we did. Did we learn something new and important about the world? Snipes taste like chicken? <laughs> That's not important. Um. <laughs> I think Aiden's French backstory That's is... That's true. Aiden speaks French. Did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? Oh, oh true. Sure, sure, sure. Yes. That mm. one, yes. Aiden's French. <laughs> Aiden can bleed. Oh, boy. I feel like about the world, yes, we know that King With has King's more... With King's organization, yeah. Has a oh, bigger organization than we realize. That he's bigger and, yeah, more powerful? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. Why not? We found out about other whispered sex. That's true. That's yes. True. Oh, that's very important and big about the world. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. And we also learned that uh, you can do magic glasses to be able to see spirits and stuff. It's yeah. not that important, but like mm -hmm. it's big for Whitaker if we can get him some. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that's two experience for everybody. Woo. Leveled up. Level up. Level up. Aiden leveled up. Oh, damn, I'm <laughs> one away. Oh, wait. No, I failed that tough roll. I get to level up. Hooray. Oh. Nice. Did everybody level up? I think so. There's definitely Possibly. a fail from the last couple of episodes that I missed, but it's fine because I got these. Wow, that's great. And I already know what I'm taking. Oh, God. Okay, what am I going to do? 
We can figure out what y'all are taking for your level ups another time. Mm -hmm. But for now, I have a post credit scene. <gasps> oh no. Oh shit. Okay. All right, later guys. Oh, super cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. The hunters leave the ruined campsite of La Nan Rouge, having defeated the demon from Detroit and his band of poachers, freeing the snipes and returning back in relative safety, though a bit worse for wear emotionally. We see, however, a figure step out of one of the cages where the chupacabras had once been kept. They run a hand over the body of one of the deceased creatures and then walk over a little ways further into the camp where the ruined corpse of Lenan Rouge has been scattered about. It is the woman in the lab coat and she kneels down, looks at Lenan Rouge's ruined face and frowns. They really did a number on you, didn't they? There's a large beating of wings. <laughs> and the Van Meter Pteranodon lands behind this woman, who stands up and goes over to it and gently strokes its beak as she whispers and coos at it like it is a faithful and loyal pet. She takes out a phone, dials a number, and she says into the speaker, So, bit of bad news. Widdick's crew got away. The Nan's dead. And looks like you won't be getting your snipe dinner this year. And we cut to a dining table, though it is affected by a aquamarine pallor. And we realize that this scene is set underwater as King Octopus sitting in his underwater seat at the basement level of the deep has a phone to his ear and says and how in the hell did this happen puppet master and the woman in the coat says well they had a second group show up and ambush us a couple of wizards by the looks of it and some kind of green shape-shifting motherfucker and King pauses and says, A shape shifter? Did you happen to catch their name? Uh, I think it actually. I heard a couple of them talking to Damien. Yeah, as, uh, as they left. Boss? Boss? Oi! You there? King! Blasted signal. Hey, what do you want me to do about all this then? Hey! See King O standing and walking away from his underwater seat, his waterproof phone slowly sinking against the concrete floor as he has dropped it and is slowly walking around the seat and dropping to one knee. He extends a hand, which he cuts with a small knife and dark blood slowly starts to seep out of him. More than you would expect a human body to be able to contain. And this dark, inkish blood forms three shadowy figures floating in the water. 
The details of their forms are obscured, as they are composed simply from this swirling, dark, inky liquid. But one figure appears slightly more masculine, while the other two seem more feminine in their silhouette. I have a lead on your messing prize, my lords. Well done, King. You see, I told you he'd come through for us. Now, bring me Damien Edgecrest. He has something I want. Of course, it shall be done, my lord. Asmodeus, if this speck does not deliver my treacherous spawn to us, I will remind him that I am queen of the sea, even in exile. A dark tendril extends from this figure and wraps around King's throat. He pulls at it with his hands, but the water around King O begins to boil and grow dark with more shadow. The two figures beside the one in the center, their eyes glowing in tandem. King chokingly tries to get out. Do not fear, my lady. I will not fail ye. See that you don't. All three vestiges of the demons vanish in swirls of darkness, like ink in water. And King Octopus is left clutching his throat and gasping. He returns to the phone, snatches it up, and growls into the receiver. Get the boys together and go hunting! That green bastard has an audience with the king! <laughs> <laughs>